0: Tea, uncle albert oh thank
1: you my dear <laughs> i'm having such a good time i wish that you could all stay up here all the time
0: well jolly will have to
1: there's no way to get down oh no there is a way but, frankly i i don't like to mention it because you have to think it's something sad then
0: do get on with it please
1: let me see i've got the very thing Yesterday, when the lady next door answered the bell, there was a man there, and the man said to the lady, I'm terribly sorry, I just ran over your cat. Oh, that's sad. The poor cat. And then the man said, I'd like to replace your cat. And the lady said, that's all right with me, but how are you at catching mice? Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that puts the plus in Disney+. Plus. It's Talking the Mickey. My name is Ian.
2: I'm Ellie. I'm Georgia.
3: And I'm Ethan.
1: And we're here today to talk and bring to you the story of Mary Poppins. Not Mary Poppins Returns, not Saving Mr. Banks, but the sensation that started it all, Mary Poppins. All the way back to 1964, uh, this was Ellie's choice.
2: It certainly was.
1: Ellie, can you explain why you chose Mary Poppins?
2: Um, well, largely because I wanted to unlock the ability to review Mary Poppins Returns at a later date, because we can't do that until we've done the first one. Um, but also, A sneak
1: peek behind the curtain for all of you listening, all three of you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, also, just to kind of, again, I like to jump between the decades when we're doing the reviews, so mm-hmm. we're keeping things fresh. And um, I think it's an interesting one to do because it's obviously the mixture of the live action and the animation, and uh, one of the first ones that did it. Obviously, we saw Three Caballeros before, that I believe was the first one. Um, but I would say that one was largely animation with a bit of live action thrown in, whereas this one's kind of the opposite way around. So, yeah.
1: That's an interesting point. Uh, Georgia. Um I mistakenly earlier in the, in the process thought that Mary Poppins was a animated Disney classic. I thought it was in that list and it turns out it's not. In a world where 3 Caballeros qualifies, I have a hard time with Mary Poppins not qualifying as our resident disnologist. Um Mm-mm do you have any information or has there ever been like a petition? There's a question. Has there ever been a petition by people to like get a movie, like moved on to the, onto the classics list or is it just kind of note that the, so it be written. So it will be done.
0: I've, yeah. I've never seen anything like that. Honestly, I don't know what makes them qualify. Um, okay. It just seems to be what the company pick. Um, and I guess when they were originating the list, uh, three caballeros would have been their main film for the year. So it went straight on rather than now when they do several, And they have to kind of pick out of which ones they want. So, no, I don't really know. I'll have a quick um, Google whilst we're still introducing and then come back to me if I've got anything in
1: a little while. Okay. Um, Ethan, do you have any experience with Mary Poppins, buddy?
3: Uh, I watched it way back when I was like five. And there's one scene in the film which, watching it back, I don't know why, it just terrified me. Okay
1: um ellie i mean you sort of talked about kind of your your whatever but a lot, lot of memories of mary poppins or
2: um not hugely i think i've probably but i might have only sat through it all the way through once but it's one of those ones that's always on at christmas and things like that so you catch little snippets of scenes and stuff like that georgia um i watched
0: it for the first time five or six years ago four or five years ago I'm not really sure entirely now um and really really liked it Uh, i have a very soft spot in my heart for julie andrews and this is her in her prime so it makes me very very happy to watch it
1: see me i've got a very um i don't even love hates the right word for this film growing up uh my sister hey Kirst, how are you um tended to have seasons in her life where she had a favorite film. And that generally meant like once a week, she would put that film on on Friday nights. There was something called TGIF, which was like your set uh, Friday evening sitcoms, family oriented sort of sitcoms, uh, quite tame in nature. Uh, and then at the end of that, uh, she would always want to put on uh, one of three films and how old we were. When we were proper young, it was Mary Poppins. And just for the sake of Completion sake, I'll list the other two. Adventures in Babysitting. Also available on Disney Plus, I believe. I believe. And then the third was Titanic. And so Um I have very That's much. A long one. It is well, yeah. To be fair, so was Mary Poppins. But I have this thing where mary poppins itself all three of these movies kind of go, went through his face for me where they kind of became scarring in a sense i'm just like i just don't want to hear that same thing over and over and over again and i found myself even now remembering strings of dialogue from a movie i have not seen and i can safely say this in 25 years but yet i knew it beat for beat and in many sequences and so uh, I was not going back on this one with optimistic thoughts. I was kind of going into this one a touch begrudgingly. Uh, looking forward to see if maybe I appreciate it more now with adult eyes and ears than I did uh, when I was younger. Maybe it is the equivalent of Brussels sprouts. Because when I was a younger man, I, I did not like Brussels sprouts. And now I think they're quite tasty. So maybe maybe Mary Poppins is the Brussels sprouts of the Disney catalog. <laughs> So there we go. If there's ever been a quote for a uh, for one of those Instagram posts, I think that's the one. Maybe Mary Poppins <laughs> the Brussels sprouts <laughs> of the Disney catalog. So Mary Poppins, directed by Robert Stevenson, not Robert Louis Stevenson, but just Robert Stevenson. Uh, songs by the Sherman brothers. And I don't usually front load uh, this, but I mean, if you've seen Saving Mr. Banks or if you have just familiar with the, the Disney catalog, I think on a larger scale, of Sherman Brothers are as big a part in getting this movie made and the success of it as anybody in this film. They might even be the singular driving force, actually, come to think of it.
2: I have to say that despite not having seen the film loads of times, I'm very familiar with the music.
1: Okay. I think the I think the music has sort of worked its way into um, society. I think it's all songs that we're familiar with. What was the one we were doing not that long ago when I said the problem is that none of these songs are memorable? What was um, that? Sword and the Stone. Sword in the Stone did it have songs? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you I guess, said they I guess, weren't memorable. I guess point I guess point proven, yeah. But um I was going, or yeah, but whereas this, whether you've seen it or not that the songs have all made their way into sort of the, the, the catalogue. They are iconic. Georgia, I know you really like the Sherman brothers and kind of the music in this film. Anything you want to contribute? Um
2: it
0: makes me smile basically every time I see that a film is has the music done by the Sherman brothers, just because I think they are so wonderful and were completely underrated. Um, when they first started out and then they did things like Mary Poppins and became household names. Um, I think they're absolutely incredible and they're another, um, they class as Disney legends. They do have their own window in the parks. Um, so if you go through the parks, they've got all the shop windows have dedications on them that look like they are for just like signage for the shops but one of them will say um, something about the Sherman Brothers on it, which is um, really lovely to see that dedication go up there for them as well.
1: Now, Disney Legends, something I I've just really learned about the last couple of weeks because this is kind of like their version of a Hall of Fame. Am I, am, I, am I correct in this? Yeah. It's like, you know, the Hollywood Walk of Fame or various Halls of Fame. It is This is the highest honor that I guess you you can means if you resonate within the Disney universe for performers or for Pretty writers bad. in this
2: yeah. case. Um,
0: so it'd be, it's all founding members, and then legends that are that have their own um,
2: name in a window. I just looked back to the notes that Georgia sent me for Sword in the Stone, and uh, that was written by Sherman brothers as well. I was
1: going to ask. I knew there was something else the Sherman brothers did, and I remember thinking I was disappointed by it. And maybe the gimmick was what came first. I think Mary Poppins is sixty four. What was Sword in the Stone? Yeah. I want to say sixty six. Someone wants to look yeah, that sure. up. That'd be great. Um, but meanwhile uh, Screenplay by Bill Walsh And Don DeGrady
2: 63.
1: 63 So maybe they were just going Maybe they were overworked at this point And Quite
2: possibly. <laughs>
1: Book by P.L. Travers And if you haven't seen Saving Mr. Banks I would highly recommend it It's a great I mean again It's very much similar to If you, if you listen to our other podcast Best film ever You have to consider the source When looking at a quote unquote Biographical account But it is a Disney sort of production about the creation of um, Mary Poppins, the film, from the inside. But with a very pro-Disney sort of slant on it, methinks.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And so uh, this is another one of those films that I'm going to use the word development hell. Because Disney first started trying to acquire the rights to Mary Poppins in 1938. Because Disney's daughters loved the books. But uh, they had to negotiate with P.L. Travers, who I believe is of Australian birth.
3: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Um, And really had a bit of an axe to grind with the Disney Corporation, even in its... I think she was the original person who who kind of went, this Disney's a big, bad behemoth, and I don't want him doing this to my my story. And he really had to fight for it. Uh, And in the end, they negotiated to it, but... uh, Travers ended up having script approval rights, and this would end up to be a bit of a back and forth throughout. Uh, she was movable on some things. The Sherman brothers pitched for the setting to be moved to Edwardian England, when the original setting of the Mary Poppins books is in the 1930s. And I don't know if that's because the 30s of the Great Depression, and it's just a little bit too, um, a little bit too morose, a little bit too adult. This is a society event that's gone through the First World War. And is before the Second World War, and that's a dan- that's kind of a, a more ominous time.
0: Yeah, I believe the original books were a lot darker, were a lot yes. more serious, were more akin to Nanny McPhee than the Mary Poppins that we know today. Yeah, I'd be interested
2: to know what Mrs. Banks's role is in the 1930s version. Then, well,
1: actually, it's really, really interesting, and if I can come back to that when we get Mrs. Banks,
3: okay, on that
1: would be great. Uh, it's apparently based on P.L. Travers's aunt, who used to say Spit Spot. Apparently, that was her big kind of thing. And from that, we created this exaggeration uh, based on, on an actuality. And we need to see more of that in Saving Mr. Banks. Uh, it says that the Sherman Brothers wrote more than 30 songs for this film, of which, you know, 14 to 16 make it onto the actual uh, final thing. A couple of differences between the book and the uh, film. Um in the book, which we talked about a little bit earlier, Mary Poppins is less vain in the book. And she's also says to be more caring than she comes off at times in the book. Sometimes, sorry, uh yes, she's less vain in the book, but she's also more caring than she is in the book or something like that. And Travers insisted there not be any indications of romance between Dick and Mary Poppins. You mean but Oh, Dick Van Dyke, yes, between Bert and Mary Poppins, of course.
3: They did of course. a good job there, didn't they?
1: Well, I think it's all inferential. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, Ethan. I think there's moments, and there's moments they want us to go, oh, they kind of like each other, but oh, it's yeah. never explicit.
2: Especially in Jolly Holiday, I think. It's quite...
1: There's no... Well, himself. this is going to be... Uh, we're going to come back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just some things on casting. This is Julie Andrews' film debut. Oh,
2: is it? It is. Uh, wow
1: she was available for this because she was passed over for the role of Eliza Doolittle when Audrey Hepburn was cast Aww. in her place. And it's even more of an awe when I tell you that Julie Andrews played Eliza Doolittle on The West End
2: <laughs> and
1: then didn't get the role in the film.
2: Oh, The West End show was before the film? Yes. It? Oh, wow. Yes,
1: so she was like the... the. Ex- so it's kind of like the whole story about Greece, about how the guy who plays Kanicki in the film Grease played Danny in the... Yet John Travolta played duty. Uh, Liam, if you, well, Liam's not gonna listen to this. He, he, if someone can show him how to download it, it'd be great. <laughs> but uh he he would he would have this fact. I believe Travolta played duty in the stage version of Grease and then was I bumped up to it's, Danny it's for like the that. for the for the film. Oh. So um and she was a little bit worried because she was pregnant when she was cast as Mary Poppins. But oh. she was assured that they would wait for her to to give birth. Oh. Uh which is I think important. <laughs> and then Dick Van Dyke, and Dick Van Dyke, bless him, as someone who's from um, North America and has tried to attempt a British accent, I can fully empathize with Dick Van Dyke, <laughs> who is, I believe, and looking back, I'm going to say maybe somewhat unfairly criticized for his accent. I still think his accent for an American pretending to, uh, uh, as, as, a, as, as a North American, I bought it. I'm sorry if it's that dreadful, maybe we can talk about that. Yeah, but your
2: British accent is dreadful as well.
1: So. But the two thousand and three magazine uh sorry, the the magazine called Empire in two thousand three came up with their worst accents of all mm-hmm. time and Dick Van Dyke came in second. <laughs> Which in case you're curious what's first, I'm just gonna say just for people who's gonna be going, Well, what's first then? It was Sean Connery's Irish accent in the untouchables. Which, you keep in mind, Sean Connery did a Russian accent, I say with finger quotes, very much in place, in The Hunt for Red October, and somehow that was okay. It's his <laughs> Irish accent. But Dick Van Dyke is unfortunate. And just really quickly, Ethan, before I throw it to you, oh, yeah. um, he, he, when he was recognized with, I believe it was a BAFTAsman for a Lifetime Achievement, he said he would come but asked that everybody uh, please forgive him now. Hopefully he's, he's earned their trust after butchering uh, the worst cockney accent in the history of film to which case the bafta crew said mr um van dyke is will is we are more than welcome to have you come and accept the award in whatever accent you would choose <laughs> which i thought was a cute little moment ethan something you wanted to say
3: uh i feel really bad now that i'm going to say this but i put in my my notes it's an interesting take to have mary poppins set in a timeline where america invaded britain because of uh, his accent <laughs>
2: Did you know, though, that his vocal coach for this was Irish? Yes. So it's it's hardly any surprise that it didn't go. And actually, Dick
1: Dick Van Dyke says, "If you go and listen to my coach, I'm doing a spot on him. Like, I'm (laughs) just doing what he told me to do. (laughs) It's not my fault. Yeah. But you got to go. Out of all the, could you not just get someone who was actually from that region? Say, just hang out with Dick Van Dyke for a couple of months, would you?
3: Oh, so we got Sean Connery from The Untouchables then.
1: Yes, I guess so. (laughs) So, um, any ideas where this might sit in the Pantheon? If I said IMDB rating, we just go really quickly, and I mean really quickly around the table with it. What do we think it might be? IMDB. How does the public rate this? 7.9? 7.4? I'm
2: thinking
3: 8.9, because this is one of those classics
1: it is one of those classics but it's also one of those musicals (laughs) which 7.8 actually so pretty close and then what about the critics what about the rotten tomato score
2: um i don't i don't know i'm gonna say a bit lower like maybe like 65
3: okay georgia
2: i would go 75
3: ethan I'm going to go high again. I'm thinking like
1: 95. 100% of critics approved oh, wow. of no. Mary Poppins. Which, if you look at it from a technical perspective, I mean, whatever you want to talk about the music? I think it's there. For the technical expertise, I think it's there. You, so the, I guess at the end of a day you go, performances, do you like the story? Or something? And, and I think that's kind of where it goes. For its time, 1964... They do a lot of cool stuff with Mary Poppins.
0: Absolutely incredible. I've got some stuff on the animation, which is not a surprise, um, but I think it's done so well in this film.
1: James Powers of The Hollywood Reporter said Mary Poppins is a picture that is more than most a triumph of many individual contributions and its special triumph seems to be the work of a single cohesive intelligence. And so I will say that, you know, I think that's pretty accurate. I think, you look through individual performances. We we not to name drop best film ever, but I will one more time. We did a podcast last night where we recorded. We talked about Moulin Rouge, and kind of that was the idea. Like person for person, where was the bad spot in this? And the question then becomes: What happens when you add it together? Does it feel disjointed? Does it still work? And this one's number one. Where I think we go. You add the individual pieces up. I think it works absolutely. But let's take a little bit of a deeper dive. This might be the most attended film in the UK uh, in the 20th century's history. Over 14 million people went and sat bums on seats to see Mary Poppins in the cinema in the 20th century.
0: That's incredible.
1: It is incredible. It was nominated for 13 Academy Awards. It won five, um, including Julie Andrews, over Audrey Hepburn at the Golden Globes when they were both nominated. What, for Eliza Doolittle? Yes, for Eliza Doolittle. <laughs> and really Julie Andrews in her debut wins Best Actress at the Academy Awards. Oh,
3: wow.
1: That's and
0: a very rare occurrence. And Audrey
1: Hepburn <laughs> was not nominated. <laughs> so I guess you got to the end. Uh, it's the only, um, this was nominated, for, nominated for, for Best Picture. It was the only um, film of Waltz ever to be nominated for Best Picture in his lifetime. So it was a special place in his heart. And the American Film Institute made Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious its number six musical of all time. So uh, Travers never, however, allowed another remake by Disney. Uh, her official title on the film, if you noticed, was a consultant. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was not invited to the opening until she embarrassed Disney executive, which forced them to then invite her after the fact. Uh, She said afterwards, I've seen it once or twice, and I've learned to live with it. It's glamorous. It's a good film on its own level, but I don't think it is very like my books. And Cameron Mm -hmm. McIntosh, he who did The Phantom of the Opera, uh, arranged a stage musical Travers allowed it to happen but said only English-born yeah. writers are to work on it and no one from the film production, including the Sherman Brothers, are to have any new content to be added. Yeah. But she yeah. did allow the existing Sherman Brothers content to be yeah. in the musical. Well, and that was actually...
2: Completely rewrite all these.
1: Well, no, because <laughs> if she really songs. believes it's it's like a certain way. She, could, she seems to put her foot in the ground and says, it's not like my book's. But then it was so much so that it was in her will and testament, because she died before final approval could go through. And in her will, it says the Sherman Brothers songs can stay, but they're not allowed to write anything new. Yeah. So that's quite interesting. And it uh six million budget, and it made $103 million, that is. And that doesn't include DVD sales or rentals, or my sister probably going through three or four copies herself. So <laughs> all right. So um we start off the film and we have our first shot which is of London.
2: Over the rooftops.
1: Over the rooftops of London. Nice sort of foreshadowing mm-hmm. for a couple of things actually that are come later in the film. Yeah. And we get a mini overture of some songs. Which uh, is
0: just lovely. It like, is. If you go back and watch that for a second time you go oh it's that song oh it's that song oh it's that yeah. song and it's just a lovely introduction and it is a proper overture. It's like a yeah. theatre overture that the does episode. that as well. And
1: I think it speaks to 1960s being a different time in cinema where it was very much in many ways especially for something like this if where music will be thing it was a video reimagining of what you may have previously seen in generations past or a generation past to see on a stage
3: yeah i mean phones like that were kind of like an event weren't they
1: yeah i think so i think so and keep in mind i mean these are the days of one or two stage or screen picture houses and so when a when a when a film came to play, I mean, it was going to be there for twelve weeks, sixteen weeks, twenty weeks, and so you know how do you make that an event? Because you didn't go see films every week, so this was an event mm-hmm. in and of itself. So, um, so in the mini overture, we get "Feed the Birds and Spoonful of Sugar," amongst others, and we meet Julie Andrews, and we just get a shot of her kind of looking down. That's really all we get. And then we cut to Bert and his one man band, the first of many sort of, you know, griffs or graphs or I don't know what to say, but he's just he's got a different angle every time we meet Bert. He's trying his hand at something new. And I liked I think I liked one man band
2: Bert. I enjoyed the comedy of it. But as a brass player, I have to question the practicality of that cornet being playable (laughs) with no hands. It just did not happen.
1: Yeah, to be fair, he has to finish his number by crashing a cymbal into his head. Hello, Debbie, please get a hold of us and let us know if that would work because I don't <laughs> think it would. Nope. <laughs> Moreover, I think you would absolutely concuss yourself after about the first two songs. So just d- He
2: did look pretty shaken up after he'd done it, to be fair.
1: And we do have some tinges because he says he can rhyme about anything, and we have some tinges of Chim Chim It's not the final version, but we get the melody sort of drifting in, just as it's, it's, it's sort of implanted in our heads for later because it wasn't included, I believe, in the overture. And we get our first taste here. And we got that Bert knows everybody in London because London appears to have twelve people in it in this film
2: because
1: there's just not the one person he didn't London, know.
0: It's Cherry Tree Lane. Cherry I don't Tree have Lane. A certain amount of houses. It's fine.
1: So. And this is weird because at this point, um, the wind changes. We see it. And I've got my notes. So some sort of reference to step in time. I don't know if it's just the music in the background or what the deal is, but I I obviously picked up on something. But Bert looks at the camera because he's now aware the camera's us. And he goes, oh, 17 Cherry Tree Lane. I know where that is. And at which point I'm thinking, well, okay, so are we, are we the audience? Is the camera the audience? Is the camera someone else? Because I, I thought it was Mary Poppins Because I don't know I want to go to 17 Cherry Tree Lane <laughs> How do I know that? How does Bert I know believe, that I know that?
0: I believe it's is it supposed to be another one of the people That have stopped to watch him um, Who's then spoken to him afterwards And there's little nods throughout um, And you get the first one here That Burt might be slightly more than meets the eye Burt might be a little bit more like Mary Poppins And her mm-hmm. uh, magical ways than just a normal oh. uh
3: normal he's
0: guy on the street. that's a really interesting um,
1: theory which I hadn't thought of and I'm yeah, I'm allow me to continue to unpack that as we go along because I might challenge mm-hmm. it, I, I would love you to be right <laughs> um, so then we meet the crazy man who thinks his house is a boat mm-hmm. and can we talk about this slave that apparently he has working for him <laughs> this poor old They're geezer who's got to like light the, yeah but at least he can tell the one guy it must be his house which he thinks is a boat
0: Gay couple, maybe? Who
1: knows? Maybe, maybe. maybe. Very progressive. Very, very progressive of Mary Poppins.
0: Hidden. As he he
1: gets him to light his wick on an hourly basis.
0: They are in a boat, dressed in sailors'
1: outfits. Yes, they are.
2: Stereotyping.
1: And so... um, and then we cut to the bed. We're warned that there's rough weather at the Bankses. I mean, what does that mean? And it actually means this is the one couple in London who. Well, it's not the couple. It's just the maids who are screaming, it's the cook and, and, the maid, and the cook, yeah. and the nanny, about how feral these kids are. And we find out that the, the nanny wants to quit. And is just waiting for Missus Banks to come home so she can settle up her wages. And we are led to believe that nobody wants to look after these kids because. And I don't know about you, but I am expecting the most feral children there ever were.
2: Yeah, they're really quite sweet, aren't they? Considering yeah. they've had all these problems.
0: Although they do, they do suggest that they have put toads in beds and paste sugar with salt all and all, all these very sorts of things.
1: cute sort of stuff. Like you look at Jane the wrong way and she cries. Have you noticed that about this film?
3: Michael looks perpetually between 8 and 56. Yes, he does. He's a, he like a goblin of a well. child. Yeah. In some you are
1: going to so he's regret disgusting. saying that. You right. are so going to regret saying that. Why? I'm just leaving that. Okay. So. if uh, <laughs> he
2: die really young No, no, no.
1: Something? So um, <laughs> we've got. A, so this kid in the boat. Kids are first orderly to believe, And then enter Mrs. Banks. And I didn't write down the name of the woman who played Mrs. Banks. I don't think. No, I only got their actual character names. So, Winifred Banks. And the embarrassing thing is, when this actress was cast, they invited her to come and have a meeting with Walt. And it's not until they sit down that they realize because the woman who played Winifred also went out for the title role. And so Linus she's Jones. there. Sorry?
0: Linus Johns. Linus Johns
1: thinks she's won the part of Mary Poppins. And she's not won the part of Mary Poppins. And as it's really awkward, but they still want her to play Mrs. Banks. And so with with the door open and the Sherman brothers kind of listening in, he goes, let's go for lunch. When we come back from lunch, I want to play you this great song the boys have written for you. At this point, they have written no song for her. So on the spot, I think... Linus Johns is actually quite the um, women's rights activist suffragette movement inclined. So they actually let lend that end of a song and in the time but gone for lunch they reappropriated one of the discarded songs for Mary Poppins into the votes for women sort of song the su- the su- the suffragette song if you will. And obviously includes uh, convinces her to actually go ahead with the role. And let's just start with this. I mean, how do people like Mrs. Banks?
2: I thought her voice sounded like she would got a sore throat all the way through her song. Um, well, the
0: interesting interesting thing about that Ellie is on her IMDb page, she is described as um, husky role husky voiced. So that is something that she is known for. Yeah. So it's not just okay. this role.
2: Can you imagine that voice though, doing all the Mary Poppins songs? It'd be awful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we have the votes for women song. I don't know what it's really called, um, but actually, it's it's funny because it's Sister Suffragette. Uh, Sister Suffragette, because as a, as a kid growing up in well, first in England actually, but then in Canada, um, I didn't really pay much attention to anything besides her going votes for women as she like struts around. The what would you call that room? The
2: the hall? The hall? Hallway?
1: hallway? Sure. A well, hallway suggests suggests yeah, a yeah. corridor, doesn't it? Um, oh,
0: okay. it's an ent- it's an entry room. I was gonna like, say, a, like a um, foyer, entrance, an entrance
1: hall. If perhaps. I said foyer, would that be because businesses Maybe, kind of have yeah. foyers? But anyway, parlor is that a parlor No, a right. a kitchen? I don't know. Let's, no, call it. Let's, call it, let's call it the foyer. Yeah. So as she's putting on the foyer. <laughs> and all this nanny wants to do is quit and settle up. But every time she goes to speak, um, Mrs. Banks begins, Winifred begins another verse. And like, this family respects the song more than anybody I've ever seen. Because if someone's singing, they're going, no, no, I must be an English thing. No, it'd be it be awfully rude if I if I interrupted you mid-verse. I'm just gonna let you finish this. Which is outstanding. Um, and she, so the deal is, oh, you're not really leaving. our First, it turned into a scolding because she's lost them for the fourth time this week. Lost them being the children. Mr. Banks will be so disappointed. Mr. Banks was be so And it goes from a scolding to like, oh, no, you're not leaving, are you? <laughs> because they did get anybody to look after the children. And so um, off... And no one really cares. I guess it was a different time. They've run off. Oh, well, I guess they'll come back. And um, off comes... Off Storm's the, the nanny. They gave her a name. I didn't care. Uh, Katie Nana. Katie Nana. And as Katie Nana, Katie, is, Nana, Nana. Uh, is, is leaving, uh, Mr. Banks comes home. And I've got on my notes here, Mr. Banks is a really polite man. He he, he helps her with her case on top of the <laughs> the carriage, and then he compliments her hat. <laughs> I'm going, for a guy who i am watching the rest of the movie trying to be convinced is like evil incarnate, I'm like, it was really nice to see him engaging with other adults. I guess he's just a really poor father.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's that's why the inevitable turnaround isn't too bad because you've nah. already seen him as a good person. He's just not a good father at this
1: point. And just before he shows up, Mrs. Banks says, oh, please put these sashes away. You know how Mr. Banks hates the movement. And I've got my notes. Is Mrs. Banks a bad suffragette?
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because she comes
1: home being like, oh, it was so great. My one colleague got taken off to jail for doing this, and another one has done this. And what did you do? I, 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 I've got another rally I'm going to tomorrow. It's like you are a bad suffragette.
0: She is a bad suffragette, but it makes her so lovable.
1: Because in public, she, she gives the impression of being this like fiery suffragette, but as she comes home like she's right under George's thumb.
3: Absolutely. She has yeah. some of the best lines.
1: She does, but like ironically so, yes. Yeah and so then mr banks comes home and now mrs banks trying to spread the news they've lost another nanny but not at all mr banks is going to do his song and mrs banks it's her turn to respect
2: yeah she gets the same treatment oh. that she gave the nanny earlier on and can i just
1: say i love that mr banks works at the bank Yeah,
2: and his whole song
1: is how a british home should be run like a bank
3: oh this is the exposition song isn't yeah, it oh,
1: oh it
2: I've is that in my notes as well. <laughs> king edward's on the throne it's Oh, it's 1910. 1910. It's the age of
1: men. And uh, I was like, okay, now we know what time... Because I was sitting there going, what, when is this? And then it was like 1910. I'm like, great. I've got some some sort of context here. Really?
3: That was cool. I always great. wanted to know what the
1: time was. Uh, well, yeah, I was like, when, when in history is this? I was trying to figure out the suffragette thing. So I was trying to figure out what, what time um, we are looking early at. early into yeah. the
0: suffragette movement is it? And it's quite, quite early into it. the
1: it suffragette is. movement at this point. And so... Um, The police, as I go to ring the police to tell about the missing children, a policeman, and I love the policeman in this. He's great in such a small part. He's so, because he gets to be, in many ways, he gets to be us, or we get to be him. He is our representative, he is our conduit, he is our avatar. We get to see what's normal, what's not normal by his reaction to it. And um, he finds the children because their kite had run away from them. And uh, come around the corner And these feral children Who are supposed to be like absolutely He goes, he goes oh, I think I found some merchandise That belongs to you And they go, merchandise? I and mean, then the kids come around the corner Now, I gotta love the kids for like Respecting the setup to the joke <laughs> Because like, you, you guys wait there When I make the merchandise line Then I want you to walk around the corner Because it'll be a really fun visual gag <laughs> The
0: thing is though, you say that And the other bits that we get from the policeman would totally line up with his character doing exactly that to the children oh, he's on the great! of the park. He's so good. Like, he would absolutely do that. Yeah.
1: But they come and they're the most docile-looking children ever. And like the worst thing that could ever happen to them is that father might not give them a smile. And I'm like, how are these the same kids who are like, you know, were are told they put, oh, we said toads in the bed and salt in the sugar container and things like that. And so they send the children up to bed they dismiss the police officer because the police officer tries to say, go easy on him, sir. And that's where we learn that Mr. Banks, he might be respectful to the nanny, but he doesn't like the common man that much. He
2: will not be told what to do. Not by a police by, officer. And not by his wife and not no. by his children. No, no. no, no. I
3: like that the police officer contemplates arresting the kite. Yes, like, you can't you can't blame the Kai.
2: <laughs> and so
1: um, this is what Mr. Banks now does, like a second version of his whole a British home song. But a it's British all a, it's all about what a British nanny needs to be in because he this, the problem is not his children, the problem is not his rules, the problem is that his wife's been the one looking for the nanny. So he's like, I should do this because you're just a silly woman who can't do it yourself. And basically, she goes, yes, You're right, is. George. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so clever of you to think that. And so he kind of like dictates his uh, ad, which is, you know, it's nice to do it via song. I thought that's, that's actually quite quite interesting. And as he's finished, the children, as if by some miracle, have just had the same conversation. But, I'm, but I was going to say, I'm guessing because they weren't singing, they got it down quicker. But as we found out, they have a song to sing as well.
2: It's very cute.
1: <laughs> and this is where we should talk about Jane and Michael Banks because they were very, very... Um, I love these two. I think they're fantastic.
3: I like yeah, for Michael him. For all his chaotic goblinness. ness so He has some of my favorite lines During the uh, during the song He's like, I wrote that, I did
1: that You get the feeling Michael's not really a singer
3: No yeah. so,
1: so his goal was, I'm just going to say, I wrote that bit too Or just kind of make facials at things <laughs> Um, they did three films together, all for Disney. They did this, they did something yeah, else, as
3: brother and sister, and they did yeah. the
1: Gnome Mobile, which I do love. And at some point, I can imagine the
3: Gnome Mobile, the
1: Gnome Mobile, which is um, it's bad, I believe.
3: <laughs> That's a title in itself. I want to say yes.
1: It's about a a vehicle about gnomes. So yes, yes. <laughs> yes, like someone buys a car and then it becomes like a gnome smuggling unit. It's it's to see that in a
3: drag race, Right? Yeah, I want to see that in a drag race with Herbie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so as a result, uh, that will be. I think that's one that definitely I remember through nostalgia, guys, and will be dreadful when I when I go back and watch it. I'm convinced of it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, not to throw a spoiler away, uh, this is all that they would do together because the boy who plays Michael dies at 21.
2: So I was right. When yeah, I said you earlier were. You I was just know. I was just trying to throw <laughs> off the
1: scent. Yeah, he dies Aww. at 21.
3: I feel a little bit bad about that goblin.
2: Reference. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, he can um, still
2: look like a goblin. In it was Diet some. Yeah. It was some
1: like tragic, like like like. I think it was cancer or something like that. Yeah. Mm. It oh was, god. Yeah. It was rough.
3: <laughs> Every it bad note sad. I have about Michael, now I can't say. Well, I think we
1: can still we can still comment on the performance. I I, I think that's okay. I think, I think it's okay. It is-
3: it is
0: quite sad to see if you look through the cast of um, Mary Poppins on IMDb they're all all of their headshots in the cast list are up to date ones are recent ones whereas his is his from this age yeah. because obviously he didn't go on to do much more he sick, work he got as sick he got sick very adult.
1: young yeah yeah so um jay michael banks have their song and basically their song is about you have to know games and never be cross, and it's to be fair it's just as crazy the one way as George's is the other way yeah, I mean, basically, the kids want candy for breakfast and no rules, whereas George is like nothing but rules and they'll appreciate the dinner they get. And reality is somewhere in the middle. But of course, it's cute. But George, not only can he not just put it in his pocket or put it on the fridge and never bring it up again. No, he's got to tear it up and throw it in the fireplace, not like the fire. And then we see the, um, the chimney, which will be important in this film, sort of sucks up the uh, letter pieces and off they fly. And in the morning uh, We're getting ready for It's time to Interview the nannies
2: And the wind has changed, sir
1: The wind has changed And within, like the Times Is a fantastic publication Because it's the next day only And there's like 35 nannies (laughs) Who have read this George got his money's worth Whatever it cost (laughs) him.
2: Unemployment rates are high Unemployment
1: rates are high amongst nannies And so there's like 35 of them and as the wind changes, but they go, oh, it's 8 o'clock. He goes, no, it's not 8 o'clock. It's still 12 seconds to 8 o'clock. Now, knowing George to be the man of business he is, I'm going, why are you such a stickler for opening the door at 8? Wouldn't you get it ready early? But then the wind changes, and all these nannies go flying in the wind far, far away. And I'm going, is Mary Poppins a sociopath? Because she just killed two dozen nannies. I'm
0: She's gone. Have she that has that the ability. Ability. Yeah. Mary Poppins has just killed several nannies yeah.
2: in her oh, entrance. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not several. Not several. Come on. Whoa, 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 whoa! How do we know they're dead? We, we don't. They were, okay.
1: hobble- they were hobbling up to the front door. I don't think they're surviving that fall.
2: Might have let them down gently. <laughs> yeah. However, then Mary
1: Poppins starts to show up. And as she's coming up to the door and rings it. Michael and Jane are looking from the upstairs window. And Michael says, "She's just what we asked for. She's got rosy cheeks. Michael has the most accurate eyesight since John Smith in Pocahontas <laughs> because he can see her rosy cheeks from at least 20 feet away. Um, and then we get the first, she, she has a, a conversation with Mr. Banks, she being Mary Poppins, and basically appoints herself. For the job by pretending that she's interviewing him and not the way around. It's the first of several times we'll see George outthought by Mary Poppins. I love
2: this scene.
1: Uh, well, did you want to say anything more about it? Because that's literally all I've got on it.
2: I just, I just found it really funny. She just really asserts her authority, and um, she once she's kind of clarified that she matches the points in the letter, she just uh, says, hmm, "I'll give you a, a week's trial period and just I'll see the children an now."
1: And an insists that she has to have Tuesdays off yeah
2: and just just goes upstairs and goes
1: upstairs and just before we go over there i think george is so dumbfounded a because the letter that he's uh ripped up mary poppins has a recreated version of it and he's just so like caught up by this trick that he can't like like snap himself out of it and the he second half goes is,
0: over to the fireplace yeah. to like mimic ripping the letter up again and looking up while like, she's giving her spiel it's and he great. keeps banging
1: his head off of the uh off the mantle yeah. Um, and then the second
3: point here. Okay. It, it's just what I wrote down because I completely forgot. He kind of looks like John C. Riley, and I think that might just be me. But he kind of just looks like a squished John C. Riley to me in that scene. It might be you on that
1: one. Anybody else get a squished John C. Riley feel?
2: I didn't notice. No. Not The eyes and the
3: nose.
1: He's not a bad man. He's just he's bad, and that's good. And yeah. he was
3: bad. <laughs> My
1: um, other point is. For a guy who's just done a song about how it's the age of men and how a British man at home, it's his castle, he's at home and a woman, the help, has just told him basically how it's going to be. And then when you say Mary Poppins goes upstairs, well, technically she goes up the banister, yeah,
2: which floats. is
1: which is the first sign of magic. And then she goes across the railing. It's not
0: the first sign of magic.
1: The first well, sign, sorry, the first, the first sign, sign the children have seen of magic. Well,
0: no, she floats down. They see her floating, Do they down, see her floating down with her umbrella.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, it's okay. It's, it's it's the coolest bit of magic we've seen so far. It
0: maybe. is the coolest <laughs> bit of magic so
2: far, yeah.
1: <laughs> so they go up the banister, and then she meets the children in the corridor, or on the landing, whatever you want to call it, and she knows their names. She knows their Jane and Michael. You could go, well, maybe it was in the ad, or because well, it is John and Michael, Jane, Jane and Michael Banks, not John and Michael Banks, Jane and Michael Banks, because that's how they sign off their song application. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and then we get our first spit spot and orders them into the room.
2: Oh, you, you've, you've missed the quote, though. What's that? Close your mouth, please, Michael. We are not a codfish, yes. That's I true. have that written down as well because I, I think it. it's such a lovely little
0: line.
1: <laughs> and then Mrs. Banks asks, What's what's happening? Goes, oh, I've, I've appointed someone because you think so. He's and he's trying to cover going, well, yeah, she was qualified, so she clearly had to do it. And Winifred goes, oh, I'm so glad you've done this. I've got her quote here. Oh, I'd have messed the whole thing up. <laughs> and I'm like, that's quite the women's rights progressive uh, <laughs> activist there.
0: That's why those two are so wonderful. It's because they so much believe in these two ideals, yeah. but they are not what those They're things not what are. They to neither be. of them are what they believe they should be. And yeah. it's, it's so lovely.
1: And then we get to um, Mary Poppins needs to unpack, and this is—I think this is where I need maybe in a second to, to, to go over my, my main issue with the film. Um, but there's some cool bits here where they really show off some—I don't know how they did it. I don't know if anybody—if ha- anybody's looked into it. But I believe how- it's they an did.
0: old magician's trick. It is a trick that is used on stages and things, and um, so it's quite closely guarded.
1: Well, I'm sure it is, but, but the th- they make quite clear that Michael goes underneath the table and touches the bottom of the table and he's, he's definitely trying to validate that this is legit magic.
3: I think because it's one part blue screen to one part practical effect, because there's some parts we can really see like an outline of Mary Poppins which you take stuff out.
1: I mean, there's some bits in the film throughout where we're going, that's clearly a, not, not a blue screen, cause blue screen didn't exist then, but it's, it's one thing of film on top of another thing of film, mm-hmm. and that's how they're getting this effect across. And it's obvious, but obvious schmobvious, it's 56 years ago. Like it, it's, it's groundbreaking. It's, it's great. The, yeah. the fact that I can't look at it and go, I know how they did that. The fact that I'm still going, how did they do this? Really, really effective and well done. And um, and it's been parodied a million times over now. Like Austin Powers mm-hmm. parodied this. Like generally, there's there's a whole bunch of you know a lot of people have done the putting things into the bag trick, but taking it out is a whole different story. Um, and don't
2: forget the carpet bag has already made an appearance in the previous film, in *Sword in the Stone* with Merlin.
1: Yeah, that's going for the most part. It was going and then coming out, but it's animated. I think you. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's as if it's as effective. We can just draw them and disappear them, but yeah. And then we get here's my issue with *Mary Poppins*. Because the children want to be measured with her tape measure. And she measures them. And, of course, Michael's, like, stubborn stubborn and, stubborn, and a soon-to-be alcoholic. And Jane <laughs> is a Karen in training. But <laughs> um, then Mary Poppins say, Mary, Mary Poppins, measure you, measure you. And she does, fine, if I must. Which is part of... <sighs> Mary Poppins was just always irritated by everyone around her all film and would do things she wanted to do begrudgingly at every point. But then goes, oh, just what I thought. Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. And my issue with Mary Poppins is that she is the most smug character and maybe it's not her fault because all film long, everybody's script is just... Oh, gee, you're wonderful, Mary Poppins. Oh, you're the best, Mary. Oh, you've never seen anybody like our Mary. And this is half of the storyline. It's just people saying, I forgot my line. Just say something nice about Mary. There's something about Mary, <laughs> Poppins. <laughs> it's
3: like four songs, I think. That's it. just like, she's great. And my
1: issue, I need to say this, is not with Julie Andrews' performance, because I think she's fantastic in this. My issue is, I hate the way she's written.
0: See, I really like the way Mary Poppins is written because of how smug she is, because of how vain she is. She's a complete outtake from the rest of the women in the film and of that time, it's a complete stark change to the oppressed but trying to break through Mrs Banks and the maids and the cook and the previous nanny that we see that are all doing their job and getting on with their job, whereas Mary Poppins is this f a real being that does whatever she wants when she wants but she does it to help out other people so she has this air of I'm better than you and she knows that but she uses it for good and I think that's wonderful and if she wants to look in the mirror every so often and go Yes, I look good, and then have her mirror look back at her and kind of be cheeky to her. That's wonderful.
2: Well, that's absolutely brilliant. What, I love it. I wish what, I had that kind of self confidence.
1: This is part of what P. L. Travers had with issue with the film, because there's even the scene where there's a very small mirror on, the, and I actually quite like this bit actually, where the small mirror won't do, and she grabs the much bigger mirror and puts it on the, the thing and goes, oh, much better. I'm like, okay. Fair enough, I can dig with this. And then we get the song A Spoonful of Sugar, which is the first game they're going to play, which I think every babysitter has probably used at some point. We're uh, going to play the played this game. We're going to play yep. the cleanup game. <laughs> and maybe did a song How clean up, clean up. can clean you up. put this
0: away? <laughs>
1: well, apparently if you can snap your fingers, quite like I'm telling you. Like Thanos is like yeah, he gets a lot of credit for the whole snap thing, but Mary Poppins should get more for her snapping ability because Like, she can do wonderful things with the snap of her finger without infinity stones.
0: She's absolutely some sort of a witch, some sort of demigod, whatever you want to label you want to put on her. And I think it's... I just think it's so good that she does... She goes as a nanny. Of all of the things she could do with all these powers she obviously has, she's a nanny who helps children and families out. And maybe that's my background as a childcare practitioner that's going, I adore this. And... Maybe it's my love of Julie Andrews. It's probably a combination of all of all of the above, but I think it's just so well done. I aspire to be Mary Poppins. Like I wish I had that self confidence, like Ellie has said, and a, a confidence in my own ability to go. Yeah, no, I'm good at this. I know I'm good at this. I'm only gonna stay until the job is done and then i'm gonna go and help other people i just think
1: it's so great ethan is it difficult to aspire to be not only a fictional character but a fictional character with supernatural powers it's it's like if i went to ethan oh man i I so want to be shrek (laughs) (laughs) just just, you know he just knows what he wants and he goes for it he's true to himself
3: I'm looking at my cosplays right now and I'm, I'm, it's, it's kind of hurting me My jacket, my, my Star-Lord jacket's right behind me yeah. Well at least yeah, he's like a human cool. like, Well
1: kind argument. of He's a god he Only in the second film
0: The argument I would make is that You can still achieve the same things Mary Poppins achieves without the magic It's just a lot quicker with the magic
1: Sorry my, I just, my, my, my eyes just perked up Ethan just a quick aside If he's a god how can he be snappable
3: I think he's not a god anymore, because he killed his, he's a demigod. his god Oh, he loses god.
1: his god status when he kills his dad
3: Just half of everything's living
1: Yeah, I don't know, anyway uh, It'd be cool if like half of them disappeared It's just like Star-Lord's legs walking around or something like that
2: I would really like to count up the number of um, uh talking the mickey podcast where you've managed to get some kind of like avengers marvel universe it's,
0: it's, it's a disney it.
1: property i can do that it
2: is but like we're reviewing mary poppins come on guys back to
1: this uh, mary and so,
0: poppins is mentioned in guardians of the galaxy we're allowed to bring guardians that is true of the yeah. galaxy into yeah. Yeah.
3: Mary that's galaxy.
1: true very very quoted so cultural cultural uh significance for yeah, bringing it back yes uh so Saving and so the movie Save Mr. Banks talked about the song Spoonful of Sugar because they actually kind of had a bit of a problem if the films be believed with writing Spoonful of Sugar because it didn't sound right. Because they were going, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. And it, it was missing something. And they went, Well, this is Mary Poppins. To her, you know, everything's backwards. Up is down, down is up. So it, even though it says go down, the melody should go up. So, so we get, Spoonful of Sugar helps the medicine go down. The medicine goes, and so they kind of let you sort of work into that. And uh, Ethan, you might remember, who was playing uh, one of the Sherman brothers in that film.
3: Oh my boy, BJ Novak. BJ
1: Novak, who, my part, if he's not voices. if he's not hunting Nazis with Brad Pitt, <laughs> he's writing the songs to Mary Poppins or starting fires in offices. So God bless him, <laughs> BJ Novak. Ryan started the fire. Ryan started the fire. And so we have lots more crazy visual effects. And then she's going to go take the children on an outing. So all three children now scoot across the banister and slide down it. children. Well, Mary Poppins (laughs) is just just a giant child. And (laughs) And if you're you're thinking, wow, that's a really great trick. I can't wait to see them use that for the rest of the film. They will never do the banister trick again. (laughs) For the rest of the film, everybody will walk up the stairs. What?
0: It is brought back for the
2: sequel. Oh, well, I don't, so. oh,
1: that's a spoiler, isn't it? doesn't count. We're talking well, about just this spent film. spent like the last only. five
2: minutes talking about only, saving only, Mr. Banks. Um, saving
1: Mr. Banks is the story of Mary Poppins. I can get away but with that. Save it
2: for that review. We have, what we haven't talked about is Ellen, the maid.
1: Oh, really? I don't really. Okay, go ahead. Oh, 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 oh. Um,
2: yep. Just she just has such an expressive face, and she's wonderful, and she gets all these funny little comedic lines in there, and. When they slide down the banister, she just kind of watches them gobsmacked, and it's just another really funny moment, I think. Close your mouth, please, Ellen. We are not a codfish. <laughs> All right,
1: and then we go over, and now we're back to Bert, and Bert is doing uh, chalk drawings on the on the on the pavement, and I've just got written down in my notes how important is Dick Van Dyke to this film. I think he is. I think he is more important in his role than Mary Poppins is in hers.
3: I think he does a better job.
1: I would agree with you, and hear me out. I would. Hear me out. Hear me out. I would out.
0: argue they are equal. Hear me
1: out. Okay. The f- what Dick Van Dyke does, even though his accent's dreadful, think about what he does without saying a word half a time. His phys- if you go and watch him and only watch his physicality, it is a masterclass, yeah. and his characterization is still note perfect, even though his accent's crap. His his <laughs> his his delivery is fine. He is he is burked. Vocally, it's not like he's like weak in that area, he's incredibly strong. But physically, everything he does is so so good.
2: Yeah, I would
0: argue the same point for um Julie Andrews as Mary, though. There is a lot of physicality that is involved in that role that is mo- probably mo- a lot more subtle. But if it wasn't there, you would miss half the character. Uh... Just the little things she does, the way she stands in like first, she stands in a perfect ballet first the whole time. I, the I don't, and it's it is just little yeah. bits—how she stood upright, her chin is always up. She's correcting her hat. Yes. She's just
2: so and and this well is, fleshed out. And this is my next right. point. You're perfect in every way, Georgia. This is the next
1: point I have: Absolutely. is he's physical. He's got a boyishness about him, and he's a great foil for everything Mary Poppins does. They are very much each other's opposites. But and you can argue about the, the subtlety of it, but just I mean, Bert is it's such a physical role. And as someone who really struggles with physical acting, I look at this and go, I couldn't have done this. This There's not a prayer I could have done this. And he's just, pardon the synesthetic statement, but he's just note perfect in his physical performance. And then we go into um, all the children and Bert, because Bert kind of lets them know we can go into the chalk paintings because Mary Poppins is here. And they try, and of course, they bomb it because we gotta have a situation where Mary's the only one who can do it. And she seems like she doesn't wanna do it and doesn't wanna do it. Fine, I guess if we must, which is basically how Mary Poppins does every line in this film. I guess if we have to.
0: It's not, it's such a lovable version of that. You're saying the right words, but not in the right tone. That's what I was saying to Mary Poppins. It's very much a, but why are you messing? Why are you making something so easy, so, like, look so difficult, or whatever it is that she says? And it's this little aside that we get that we know that they know each other, we know that they've got a history with each other, and he's almost messing her about because he wants her to do it. Nah. And also rather than yeah, anything
2: else. I think definitely. it's could. him playing but up her. Back up to there. what we were saying earlier. They're totally flirting.
3: Yeah. You could say that's her saying, This isn't the first time you mess something up like I think that I think they're exes. <laughs> I don't think they're ex it's an interesting theory he 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 left her to be to be a one man band and it failed miserably and that's why she's bitter
1: so they jump they jump successfully into the shock and I must say um uh, it's really interesting to see um the 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 combination of live action and um live action and, and animation present in this next sequence a sequence that pl travers hated so much she demanded it be taken out of the film and walt disney's response was uh, i think her name is patricia i think her name is a uh, pat that um pat I'm, I'm afraid that ship has sailed and just walked out of the room <laughs> that was it she wasn't getting that back um and then we have uh, the song Jolly Holiday. You know, is a holiday for Mary. And basically it was like the third of, well, the first of three. How great is Mary Poppins songs? Yep. And I'm okay
0: with that because she is. Yep. Because she is so
1: great. And I will ask again. I'm
0: also- the costumes in Jolly Holiday. Yep, they're very nice. Oh my goodness, are they so iconic. They are absolutely gorgeous. And I
1: believe I mean, they wear them in the park. I was going to say, I saw a picture of the two of you yeah. in the park, and I believe with Mary Poppins and Bert, and I believe yeah. those are the costumes they're wearing at that point.
0: Yeah, they always appear yeah. in their um, Jolly Holiday right. outfits. And if you ever see them in their other outfits, then it's a huge rarity it's so, a massive thing that doesn't happen
1: something i did appreciate and we've made quite clear that i'm not really one for animated style or things like that but as they officially sort of appear in the painting uh they're sort of dusting off the excess chalk from their clothes that they've gotten by going through the painting which i thought was really cute and just a nice touch
2: there are also squirrels in this song
1: Okay. Rot- the squirrel Squirrels, council and they are
0: the same animated style as the uh thingy ones and the bunnies look insane. like the ones in bambi as well in case um that was missed
1: and so as part of jolly holiday they stop and they have like a proper british tea which is adorable served by penguins which is adorable and then Bert goes and out penguins the penguins which is adorable <laughs> And then they sing a song about how Mary's the greatest. But in the minute, he just sort of pauses and sings, well, kind of like does like a rap, actually, mm-hmm. about other women for a moment, at which point Mary gets jealous and we saw her do the same thing when her uh, in Spoonful of Sugar when her reflection was a slightly better singer than she was and she told her reflection off for sure. I'm like how vain can this woman be? The whole song we've just listened to basically is Mary you are the greatest and then they sings with someone else, not just one person but a plethora and gives them just like name service and that's it and she can't handle with that at all. No,
0: No 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 that's not what it is it's Bert winding her up.
1: Bert
3: is telling her about him. all the girls that he's been with right. since he last saw her.
1: But then to finishes by going, jealous. "But Mary Poppins is the top of the top, or cream of the crop."
2: I have an interesting thought on this song. Um, in Mary's verse. Uh, she calls Bert a diamond in the rough
1: yes she does call him a diamond and, uh, in the rough I have that written down I, here too
2: I've questioned whether we're sure that Aladdin was based on Tom Cruise and not actually on Dick's I, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: said don't try the accent
2: <laughs> do
3: you trust me
0: <laughs> I'm sorry was that someone from New Zealand doing an American doing an English accent oh, because that's hilarious every day's
1: lame. a holiday with Prince Ali <laughs> <laughs> Um, And so I say I love the penguins Bert's little rap and his dance And then they all end up on a carousel And this is where the horses become independent Of the carousel itself And they sort of go trotting across The cartoon English countryside and there's a fox hunt, and God bless Bert. He goes and he saves the little fox from being eaten by the, 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 the dogs. Thank
2: goodness, because I thought this was going to turn into like a really politically controversial film several years down the line. But
1: then the fox turns into a little jerk. He's like, come on, come on, I'll beat you. Come on, I'll, I'll punch you in the they face. They are trying to kill him. Well, don't egg them on. Violence he is he never the do, answer. He,
0: he knows he's safe now.
1: But then they accidentally go onto a racetrack. And you're not going to believe this, guys. Mary Poppins is the best at racing horses. <laughs> and she wins. Not for children. Not Bert, who just did a wonderful deed. No, no. If someone's got their picture taken, it's got to be Mary Poppins.
0: Because
3: she is the
1: best. I have a theory she about is. Mary Poppins. I have a theory. I'm going to come back to it at the end. Um, And then we have, as she's sitting there, receiving her prize of cartoon flowers, they sing. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And I have in my notes, I have no idea what they're on about, but Bert just makes me love him. He is so lovable. As well as the little, um, the little slim guy who tells the story about, oh, I once said it to me girl, and now me girl's my wife. I'm like, <laughs> I always did appreciate that, that little character there. The yeah.
0: fact that he's just being hit in the, ta- with, in the head with a tambourine like throughout
2: the entire song yeah. by his wife is brilliant as well. So, uh, his dance is amazing.
1: Yes. And, and there's something magic about the two, of the, 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 the two actors together in this scene. Yeah. I mean, as there, just, yeah. as there is throughout. As there is throughout. For 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 all the merry bashing, I will continue to do. Uh, I said Julie Andrews is brilliant, and she really is. And Dick Van Dyke, I think, is sensational. I think he's criminally under underappreciated for this role. Yeah, his accent, I think people just palm for that and don't realize what he's done. But um, when Julie Andrews left this, she went right on to do Sound of Music before this had been released. And she, uh, during one stall in recording with the children on Sound of Music, she had the guitar out and whatever and was just like um, I don't think she knew the chords but was like basically she kind of went, "Well, this sing to us, Julie, sing to us." So she claimed she sang Supercalifragilistic and and, and con- convinced the children she was making it up on the spot. <laughs> I
0: think <laughs> so... <laughs> I've read that as well, yeah.
1: Which is just like it's a great story because it's totally something I would do. Yep. <laughs> be like, yeah, I, yeah, I wrote this. <laughs> um and so shortly after this, it starts to rain. I think this is just the song ends. Cartoon rain happens.
2: Yeah, this bit's beautiful.
1: And actually, you can see the, the chalk painting dissolve behind them and start to run. Yeah. And then we cut back out, and they're in the rain, and they have to get home. And they say goodbye to Bert, and Bert goes, and he's just really happily sweeping away. He's also responsible, sweeping away the chalk with his feet, I think, actually. Yeah. sort of, I just want to be Bert's friend. He's so optimistic about everything. And so then we're back to the house, and she's making them drink their cod liver oil, which was one of the deals they weren't supposed to do. And then we find out, no, 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 it's magic. And as we find out that one of them has, like, banana...
2: Yeah, I think strawberry and one's lime. Lime cordial. Lime
1: cordial, strawberry. And then um, Mary Poppins is getting plastered on the job.
2: From punch. <laughs> and I love how she hiccups after she's taken it. This is
1: where I'm convinced. Mary Poppins is not actually a nanny. She is a terrible alcoholic who's just laying in the corner, like watching things happen to her. She goes by them. And the only thing she can do with her fantasy is that her drink is actually medicine for being out in the cold. And like, everybody who passes her, she's like super. Califragilisticexpies <laughs> That's why they think they oh, went to a magical <laughs> land. And like every She's actually yeah. the bird woman She is she's, she's the bird <laughs> woman <laughs> um, And so There's a great there's a, there's a great thing though Where she goes uh, I think Michael says Well stay up if we, if we promise we'll be good Can we stay up And Mary refers to it As a pie crust promise Easily yeah. made And easily broken <laughs> But here's my issue Mary Poppins then gaslights The two children
3: this is what terrified me as a child. This specific t- uh, scene was what made me go, I'm didn't we, terrified. Didn't we have
1: the best day going to the chalk painting? We did no such thing. A person of my sort, like these children, I like, had this experience and I going, You didn't really believe that? Did they? That didn't really happen. Absolutely, they did. Did they? Well, they have to. And here's why. Okay, ready? Well, no. I, I, remember this. Remember this. Did they? Please, someone remember what I said. Did they? And pointed my finger in no, a I very said, firm because it's gonna come back because I have proof that they did.
0: Uh, they absolutely did. They, they absolutely oh, yeah. did. She's just, being, she's just messing with them here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. She's, no, she's so,
1: so this is a messing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
0: No, they, she goes on to do other things with them later on, and it's done. She says it in a. She doesn't say it sincerely. She says it in a very much a. All the um, nannies,
1: all the nannies who have been who have run out on Jane and Michael because they're such little terrors, have all like paid Mary Poppins money to mentally (laughs) break these children by like going. You we did this. No, we didn't. I don't understand anymore. (laughs)
0: No, she says it with such a smile. And then she sings no, a song. You you're reading
1: it wrong. How am I reading this wrong? We had a wonderful experience. No you didn't go to sleep.
2: That is normal, <laughs> my sounds like
3: imagine you wake up one morning and you're like, "Oh yes, I'm going to go downstairs and see and see my beloved." And then you just see your flatmate and you're like, "What's going?" i was like, "What do you mean?" There never was anyone here and it's just them pulling like the biggest prank on you to see your reaction. That's what this is. Yeah. You went to like a Disneyland yeah. animation thing. No, no, no we didn't. No we didn't. You're dumb. You're stupid. Go to sleep.
0: Done in that vein, it really
1: isn't okay. If you're out there, even if you've never even engaged with any sort of thing with us, please, please, please get a hold of one of us and tell us what you think about this because <laughs> I think Ethan and I are going absolutely, she's gaslighting them, and Georgia and Ellie are ignoring obvious facts because they love the movie.
0: No, 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 I would, I'm fully able to pull apart bits of this movie because there are bits I will go, no, that's not quite right. But with this, I have worked with a lot of small children. I know the tone she's using. It is very much a, oh, right, go on then. It's a playful... No, we didn't. Oh, I don't, don't think so.
1: see? I don't think <laughs>
3: so. But also, Mary Poppins is an archaic god which who goes into people's lives to mess with them, takes them to a colourful version of hell just to make them think they haven't had fun and to ruin their lives for the rest of their existence. Okay. Um, th- 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 there's probably like three
1: dark. more major arguments and stuff to take place in this podcast. Can I move us on?
2: I've been trying to get you to move I us just on just for the last half an hour. So, so, so,
1: so Mary Poppins sings a song that I just have written down Go to and sleep
2: stay I awake it's song. beautiful
1: see gaslighting again stay awake and she wants him to fall asleep what's up with this woman okay so there's a song it's called stay awake ellie likes it i didn't even remember what it was anybody else got anything to say about
0: it i have it written in my notes that this is a gorgeous song and one i intend to sing to my own children so that is how much i like
1: this song noted um so the next day the children come down and they're happy and the and Mary Poppins is happy, and the maid and the rest of the help are happy. And George doesn't like this one bit, <laughs> because despite <laughs> saying he wants an orderly home, turns out it's not what George wants. George just wants something to be wrong, <laughs> and so he kind of tells Mary Poppins off about what's gone on. And then Mary, uh, and the end anyway, of it, Mary Poppins. Well, George tells Winifred she has to go get the piano tuned, even though he doesn't play. He wants the piano in tune. Good man. But then we see the next shot is of Mary Poppins. The children going, we have to go to the piano tuners. And I'm like, Winifred Banks, you are a terrible human being. You just pawned off the thing you were supposed to do to the – she's a nanny. She's not a go-get-my-piano-repair person. <laughs> and there's a long list of stuff they have to do, but apparently it's very short because once the dog who was applying for the nanny post earlier in the film shows up and talks a little bit to Mary Poppins – we get a imme- Of
0: course, she can understand because why wouldn't she be able to understand no, what a dog is the dog is saying? And she's
3: so polite to him. I've got. Yeah, she's so polite I, yeah. to the dog. She's more polite to the dog than she is to the kid. Absolutely,
1: I was about to say that. Yeah, Unlike really the cool. children, oh. she sees the dog as like someone who's worth honesty. I
2: found, <laughs> I found this bit hilarious because when she's talking to the dog, she finishes it with thank you, and the kids say, What did he say? And she said, He said, You're welcome. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not what they meant, Mary.
1: And so then we meet Uncle Albert. Uh, Uncle Albert. I
3: think Georgia's got some excitement for this. Georgia's Georgia scene, popping. and I think I know why. I think
1: three of the four of us know why. So Georgia, do you want to tell us who Uncle Albert is?
0: Uncle Albert is played by one of the most famous and well-renowned clowns, Ed Wynn. He is absolutely sensational. He's, he had his own show when he was still alive he edwin was actually his middle name as in the name edwin um but then he split it into two as his stage name um and he has such an iconic voice such an iconic look um and he also went on to voice actually this before this he voiced the mad hatter in um, um... alice in wonderland And he is so good in this. I love him so much. He's such a lovely man.
1: And it's his portrayal of the Mad Hatter that served as the inspiration for King Candy slash Turbo in Wreck-It Ralph. That was... Oh, what's the guy's name now? I forget. It's the same guy who plays the... um, Oh, he plays the... Oh, this is bugging me. He's from Firefly. He's in Jerry Maguire. He's in... He's in Moana as some sort of a minor character. Oh,
3: oh, oh, oh uh, yeah, uh, Alan Tudyk. Thank
1: you, Alan Tudyk. k
3: in Rogue One. That's, that's
1: it too, yes, yes. yes. And he was, uh, but yeah, so he was doing his best Edwin impression in that, and you can totally hear it. And Yeah. Uh, he's excellent. And so this is where we get our second bit of really strange Mary Poppins logic, is if, you, if you laugh too much, you end up floating up to the ceiling, which of course, for some reason, Mary Poppins has to hate
0: she doesn't hate it no 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 you're wrong you read this <laughs> film so wrong she doesn't hate it she's just going really do we have oh, i
1: hope In so because much- i have written I'm- down mary poppins hates laughter why do people think she's such an engaging character
2: she's on a tight no. schedule she's got to get a piano tuned
0: she's she trying to please everyone that's why she eventually, with like very little provocation, actually sends the table up to them so they can have tea up there. And
1: so, it's so
2: well the children done. end up
1: laughing and end up getting up there. And this is where we get our first of a series of jokes. And the first one is, uh, I have a, I have a, uh, a brother or something My who works has a
2: cushy, job in a, as a
1: cushy job in a watch factory. Oh, what does he do all day? Oh, well, not much. One's the whole day making faces. And I actually wrote down, I think the joke holds up.
2: <laughs> it does i really like it all of those jokes hold up um, in isolation they do puns. but there's just like this stream of dad jokes and it's like oh my god no that's the so best. good
1: and then we found out the only way to get off the ceiling because eventually everybody's above the ceiling and they bring the tea up there as well and we get the second joke which i don't know if it holds up so well georgia about you know we just ran over your dog cat oh, we ran weird. over your cat Oh, I'm it's sorry. very funny. That's very sad. Something I can do to help. Well, I don't know. How good are you? I'd like to replace it. How good are you at catching mice? <laughs> the fact that it's set up by like, a dead cat, I don't know if that really flies. I don't think you get that into a into a film today.
0: No, probably not. No. But I would argue that that's not necessarily a good thing. I think that joke is hilarious. And, and, then... and there's nothing wrong with making jo- jokes about dead cats. Because okay. children are going to experience dead cats in their lifetime. So... What...
1: And then we're told to think of something sad. And I yes. looked it up and Edwin dies of throat cancer. So that's pretty sad. And that's on his nice headstone bad. though, he wrote down his headstone, dear God,
0: he it today.
1: <laughs> he? asked for the following words to be transcribed <laughs> on his headstone. Dear God, thanks, Ed. And I'm like, that's really quite touching. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad Georgia Light like, made a joke halfway through me reading that. Um, and then, so they get everybody. To, and then, sort the saddest thing is the fact they have to go. And Uncle that Albert acts like me. acts like a five year old <laughs> when someone has to leave. When you used to have friends come over and you're like, it's the best thing ever. And then when they leave, you like cry because you're like, oh, I don't want my friend to go. Yeah, me
2: and my friends used to run and hide so they didn't have to go home. But
1: and this is the thing about with every joy comes. Uh, With joy someone comes You always have to have that moment When people leave And even when you were a kid As much fun as you were having You knew at some point They were going to ask To to go home And it was going to be over And that always made The the ending of it all really sad And Jane is twice the adult That Uncle Albert is And says to him We'll come back again soon We had a lovely time (laughs) And I'm like Yeah These are the feral kids Right Who like no one would Mm -hmm. look after
0: this is why I love this film so much, is because there are so many gorgeous little life lessons just nestled in, and just nestled in. Like, you wouldn't notice them, but they're there. But and also, Bert sitting with Uncle Albert yes. for a while. Bert, the film's best
1: character, says he will stay with Uncle Albert. I'm, I'm assu- Whose uncle is it? I don't know.
0: I want to think it's Mary's. I uncle, want to think it is too, which makes
1: Bert even better for sticking both, around.
0: They're both magical. I mean, he floats up onto the ceiling because he's laughing. Like, that is a magical trait. I reckon it's not. Mary's no, uncle. It's and It's a universal trait. One, yes, I know, but only when one of them's present.
1: No, no, no. I'm still going to. No, you're still wrong.
0: No. Cause... Oh, no. Mr. Jones does it, doesn't he? Actually, yeah. I, I, no, I wasn't yes.
1: spoiling it, but yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it, the people have seen the podcast. It's fine. Seen the film.
1: It's fine. <laughs>
0: uh, so, okay, no, I'm wrong there. But also, can we argue? Okay, so Mr. Dawes, senior, when we get to him. Wait, are we jumping? I have
1: a are we jumping okay, back to this? That's We're fine. This. Yeah. Yeah. And then we just leave, and there's a joke about eating through a pillow and feeling down in the mouth. And I'm like, even though oh, that was not a good joke, I thought that might have been the best joke of the bunch, actually. I really. Yeah. But this lets. I like that. This lets um, Dick Van Dyke cry himself. And Dick Van Dyke's great. Even when he's crying, I'm like, Dick Van Dyke is great.
3: Uh, and we just go, oh, <laughs> so
1: and then we get back to the bank's house and Mr. Banks says, cross. You're not gonna believe this. It's not the same scene. But you might think so because he goes to the whole a British bank is yeah. <laughs> again. Um, it talks about how the whole thing reeks of sugary female thinking. Mm. And of course, his wife is like, You're absolutely right, dear. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they decide that um,
2: well, Mary convinces him. Mary
1: end, convinces him again because he's going to give her the sack, is what it seems like. But she turns it around and he's instead going to take the children on an outing with him the next day. And then they go up. She goes upstairs and tells the children she's going to put them to bed and tells them about uh, feed the birds, tuppence a bag, and says about the old bird lady who's there with the animated birds around her in the middle of the night. And it's a lovely song. It's a lovely song. It was Walt Disney's favourite song from the film.
2: It is a lovely song.
1: Apparently, whenever he told the Sherman brothers, play it, they knew it meant this. And they would always play him this song. Um, To which point, I have to ask, is Mary Poppins directly responsible for the sacking of Mr. Banks?
2: No.
3: Yes. No. Um, Directly?
0: Indirectly, yes. And I think she does it with purpose, yes.
3: Yeah, so yeah, she's... to
0: help save the family.
3: She... she knows what she's doing, therefore she's at fault yes. because she knows she could have stopped it. Absolutely.
2: It's definitely no, not direct, want though, is it. it? The whole film is she Mary Puppets
1: going, dance for me, Puppets, dance. She
3: is a, She's a vengeful god yes. playing with people's no, she's, emotions.
0: She's she's helping the family. She's fixing the family. The family are better off when she leaves than when she arrives.
3: Well, That exactly. is just
0: a straight-up fact. Well...
1: Are they? No, no, yes. That's the whole point. Can we? Can we we get to the end? Can we get to the end and then ask that question? Please do. Okay, so uh, we get to, and then we have the old man at the bank. Who's the old old man? Uh, What was his character's name?
2: Mister Dawes. Mister Dawes
1: Senior, again played by Dick
2: Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke. Dyke. And as a
1: kid, I never knew this. No, I don't
2: remember. I only
1: discovered this when I heard about a cameo he has in the next one. Hmm. Uh, and then they are talking about how he played two roles in the first one. I went, wait, what he did? <laughs> and that's what because I only saw him as, a, as a child. And once I saw it, I went, of course, because he's so physical in his acting.
0: It's just those like, eyes and Dick it's the Van, eyes you
2: see.
1: Dick Van Dyke had to convince Walt Disney to let him play this part. Walt <laughs> said no, and then he like basically said, let me let me show you what I can do with it, and he <laughs> won him over.
2: It's a bit greedy, isn't it?
0: Huh? So is also- the character. <laughs> Can we appreciate the makeup department? Yeah, because that those prosthetics. Because even that looking, look I couldn't see it. Is incredible. I,
1: have, I couldn't I see it. I wouldn't
3: have guessed. The it only reason it I it doesn't know. look
0: dated either. That makeup you, on him no. does not look like it was done in the sixties.
3: Nope. I only realized because he looked similar in the second one. I went, oh, that looks like oh mm. oh. oh yeah.
1: So Michael has brought his tuppence for some reason. Well, the reason is. He wants to feed the birds, but he's told you can't feed the birds because George Banks is out to be, you know, father of the year. (laughs) Uh, But then they get in, and I don't know what's so weird about these bankers that, like, 12 of them hoard around Michael determined to get his money.
0: They're clearly very busy.
1: And they sing this great song about how tuppence... To be specific. And as this is going on... Michael's hand slowly opens, which is actually like the one piece of cinematography I was really impressed with in this film, at least in the first four-fifths of it. And his hand opens up, and you just see just a small sight of the two coins, and then, like, the old man who runs the bank, like, steals from a child. And, like, the other old men, like, are, like, his, like, heavies
3: they just just getting the money before the stock market crashes.
1: Well, yeah. And then all of a sudden, this little boy in the back going, I want my money, I want my money, makes everybody in the bank take their money out. And then somehow people outside have some sort of prehistoric internet because they all know they have to rush in and grab their money back too. I
2: think people in the foyer could have run out and said, the bank won't give people their money. Yeah, which point they do close
1: rushing. up. And I'm like, is this legal? It might have been. I don't know. I
2: don't
3: know.
1: I think it's supposed to draw so – to an audience in 1960-whatever, it's supposed to draw parallels, I think, to the Great Depression and what it was like when all of a sudden you couldn't access that. Mm. And it makes them a very scary sight. And they run out, uh, the children, and they run – quickly, like the bank's like right beside the dodgiest part of London. Because <laughs> in about 15 <laughs> seconds, they're like some – like the old woman from like Les Miserable wants to steal the children. <laughs> And there's, there's a really bad like soundstage effect of a dog barking, and I'm like, just bring a dog to the, to the, to I the mean, soundstage. I
3: mean, they did. They've it pops up one. and tries to eat them.
1: Yeah, well, like a shadow of it, isn't it?
3: No, it's like an actual, like, it looks like a feral it's wolf. A German
2: shepherd, mm-hmm. isn't
1: yeah. it? Yeah. Either way, they were not in the same place at the same time. Um, <laughs> and they run into Bert. Now, God bless Michael, because he tries to kick Bert off for a minute, because Bert's trying to attack um, Jane. And you find out, and then we get this thing where, um first off, the kids don't even feed the birds. That's my that's my biggest issue here. They run away, they're and they finally chased. have it. They so, they're not being chased. They are. They're they being chased and, out of the bank. And then oh Jane and Michael go. Did you watch this film? I did. And then Jane and Michael go, <laughs> and Michael goes, father's so mad at us. He goes, we don't even know why. And I'm like. BS, you
3: absolutely know why. <laughs> we don't know what we did wrong. I'm like, yes, you do. You didn't give him the tuppence. No child knows what what the concept of yes. money and banking is. Or wrong. You can't look at a child and say, and like have it walk in, break a stock machine, and then explain to him that he just caused like the devastation of a country. He won't realize <laughs> that.
1: And then Bert does this speech about, have you ever thought about your father being in a cage? And I thought it was a really powerful speech.
0: It's really good.
1: And just another moment where Dick Van Dyke is not just being a silly comedic Jim Carrey actor, but is showing like considerable depth and range in this role. And talks about what it's like for the father cuz there's no one for him. He's got he's got to toughen up, he's got to stiffen his lip and he's got to go to work every day in a place that he might not even like working at, but he does that for you and I'm like, "Damn, movie, good job." But
0: also so it gives you the insight that Bert is on the same page as Mary because they're obviously working towards the same goal which is for parents to respect their children
2: and children to respect their parents
3: Bert that is, is the, the good guy Mary's the devil but Bert is the good
2: <laughs> um, just before you get this like all serious talk about the father though um, Bert says to the kids I'll look after you like I was your own father now who's after you? And they go father is and his face in response to that is really funny (laughs) he's like oh crap
1: and it turns out that this is the fourth gig or whatever we have for Bert and he's going to be a chimney sweep which is obviously my, my, my favorite one uh, it's he takes the
0: most iconic yeah. one, isn't
1: it? He takes the children home. It turns out no one can look after the kids because Mary's day off, and they, she can she just leaves them with the first adult who's even remotely going to be around. Which, to be fair, these kids have proven they can kind of take care of themselves.
3: Yeah, they always get their way
1: home, and so. Um...
2: <laughs> and she says, "I must hurry. Our gallant ladies in prison are waiting for me to lead them in song." Yeah,
1: so <laughs> off she goes to do much more important duties. And it turns out they're up, checking out the chimney, and then up. uh, Mary Poppins comes in, because I guess she's done whatever she has to do on her day off. um, Probably running her Etsy business or whatever. And um, up, we see Michael go up the flu, and then we see Jane go up the flu, and then we see uh, Bert
2: Harry Potter go up the flu.
1: And... Yeah, yeah, they, they, and they don't go to Diagon Alley. They end up on top of the roof, actually, rather disappointingly. And Mary does as well. And London has the flattest roofs of any city in the world.
2: When Mary gets to the top of the roof, she's all dirty, as are they all. And she gets out her little like, compact mirror and powders her nose with extra soots. And yes. I thought that was really, really funny. As a kid,
1: I didn't get that. And I still don't think I get that much as an adult. Either. Oh, I but, loved
2: yeah. it. It's another a nod to Mary
0: not being that serious person you think she is. Oh, she's, she's making a she's joke vain.
1: of it. I think she's vain. Um, there's Would some... a vain
0: person put extra soot on their nose? Yes. No.
1: For attention. I mean,
0: she is Yeah. She is vain, but she's not negatively vain.
1: And then they go on their little parade on top of the roofs. And when the roofs end, they go, I guess we're done here. And no, this is when Mary makes a new staircase out of the soot, mm-hmm. which is, is a really really fantastic conceptual sort of an idea it's them playing with kind of the rules of of the world as we know it and because mary poppins you can get away with that
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then we get this great speech by bert where he goes oh no one else sees what we see here except for the birds the stars and the chimney sweep <laughs> and i'm like not bad And then all the guys from all the chimneys pop out from the chimneys and we begin the step in time segment, which is a fun. A, the set is phenomenal for this. Like they spend five minutes up on this set with an elaborate dance number and song. And I love it. It's like watching a stage show. It 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 is like watching a stage show. And it is wonderfully constructed. Um, They start singing step in time. And I think Mary Poppin's footsteps when they cut to her feet are out of time. I just want to mention that because it's called step in time, um, and then we get things like, of course, we do all the other ones, you know, you know uh Ben knees up bend your knees up step in time, and something else but but but, of course, I'm thinking, oh, finally, it's no one I really like about this part actually up this this part of the movie, I'm going, I liked that for about twenty minutes, Mary wasn't around, and the story was allowed to progress without Mary. Because we' basically gone from when she told George they'll be going with you in the morning all the way till this point with Mary not really doing much. And then all of a sudden it was Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins, step in time. And then all the guys are going, oh, wow. Oh, you go, Mary. And then they do like the jumping, spinning competition where she can like float and do like a thousand revolutions. Mm -hmm. And the background, the two are going, oh, isn't she lovely? Oh, ain't she marvelous? And I'm just going, I hate this. I hate this so much.
2: Uh, No, she is wonderful and she is marvelous. Can I just remind you, Ian, that the film is called Mary Poppins? Like, we're supposed to love Mary Poppins. Like, she's supposed to be wonderful. She's not doing a bad thing by being cool.
1: Should be called Bert. He'll love you like he's your own father. Uh,
0: That would be a different film, an equally uh, wonderful film, but not the film we watched.
1: Yeah. I don't know how a sequel handles it, uh, but uh, the idea about Bert being so close to the children, I almost wonder if we'd be a little bit cynical about that today.
0: No, because Mm -hmm. I think he's portrayed as someone who knows Mary. Oh, I agree.
1: I agree. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different time, isn't it? Thankfully, it's a much more... Yeah. The police officer cares and Bert cares and you know everybody who lives around you. Yeah. And the sequel's not
2: set in modern times either. So. Oh, Those are not? Oh, okay.
1: No. Uh, and then we get to this thing where um, there's a great shot of like all these chimneys, but it's all done with silhouettes with all these chimney sweeps come popping up and then pop. Oh, I love it. It's like, I mean, obviously none of it's like real, but, but it, it, it doesn't matter. It just looks so wonderful.
0: And the dancing that they do as well, obviously, they're supposed to be dancing over the hole in the chimney and they match up so well. Like if you look at where their feet land on the chimney squares, very rarely does it look like they would have actually fallen in if they were doing it on real chimneys, which I think is just such a wonderful little little detail that didn't need to be there, but is.
1: And at this point, everybody's favorite potentially gay next-door neighbor military couple decide they're being attacked (laughs) by something and they have to set fireworks off at the uh, chimney sweeps. And so, I mean, this part part did look dated. Now, it's 1964. It is dated. But I was just going, this is the one thing that doesn't really hold up as well.
2: I totally agree because
0: it doesn't—it doesn't hold up as well. But I don't think it looks as dated as it probably could look. It's not really like quite... if you think back to some early 2000s animation right. and that kind of thing, you go, "No, that could be—that could easily have fitted into that kind of category." I... It doesn't look sixty years old.
3: I think it adds to like the product of the time and also sort of the campy and corniness of Step in Time as well because it is very oh, just. I love Step in Time just a lot of fun um the
2: bit that really annoyed me about the fireworks was when bert hits one back with the chimney brush <laughs> and it's like that, that would literally blow the thing up that doesn't that's not how fireworks work okay and okay. that one was so, just a little bit too far from so my imagination
1: jumping into like um painting and laughing yep. up to the ceiling yep. and walking yep. up staircases
2: All fine. You suspend for that, <laughs> but you cannot hit a firework away with a chimney sweep brush no, I you can. See, no see, you
1: can. he's american so we as can. long as
0: it's not exploded yet it's still a solid object if you have you ever handled a firework like a firework is like a hard cardboard tube with a fuse in it and until that fuse hits the end of it it's mute, still, it, at the end of it it's it's been
1: fired
0: you out could, of the cannon yeah yeah but it's not not so that the firework hadn't exploded yet it wasn't
1: no just, but it is free of the cannon so it it's it's very dangerous it, the very yeah. if you're listening to this please do not you could for legal purposes if you are listening to this please do not try to emulate this for any sort of challenge even if donald trump tells you to do it please don't do this okay so
3: i mean i think but like, like mary poppins is omniscient and has the ability to just throw fire or a firework back.
1: Plus it doesn't matter because it's just some noise that drunk Mary Poppins in the alley is hearing and imagining (laughs) this in her head.
3: (laughs) She saw a man on fire and just assumed, oh yeah, firework man.
1: So then they all disappear back down the chimney and Mr. Banks has come home and finds everybody (laughs) sort of dancing around his kitchen or whatever like that. And as they all leave, oh, the governor's home. Governor's yeah. home, step in time step in or something car. like that. And
2: they grab <laughs> Ellen and they dance with her as well.
1: Yeah, and she gets, she gets a turn with like, every, is this the bit? No, Mary Poppins gets a turn with every, every guy as they dance around the same square. But yeah, they all sort of dance around and march around and things of that nature. And they all shake the hands. And then he looks at Mary Poppins. Is Mary Poppins, do you mind explaining this? And she just goes, absolutely. But just one thing. I never explain anything. And then walks off, and I've got my notes. Mary Poppins can write off, and you can imagine what the mm is.
2: See,
0: again, I have this in my notes as a wonderful little bit. Oh, t- I think it's hilarious.
1: It's because She doesn't have
0: to explain herself. No, she because does. She can't,
1: it's his home no, with his she children. Can't be
0: magic- she can't be magical towards an adult. That's not how magic works. Only children get to see the magic. It
2: is, if you're adult. in the employment of someone, then Bert Bert you should... B, explaining when
1: and Uncle Albert,
2: you you do have to explain if you um, drag yeah, like 20 random chimney sweeps into somebody else's house. Like, yeah, a, no, I'm with Ian wonderful. on that one. He,
1: she is there under the pretense of being a nanny, as such, the nanny has to describe herself and explain herself. I think Mr. Banks, it's a raw deal here because she, he is absolutely set up by Mary Poppins the whole way through.
3: My theory but
0: are they better off at the end? Yes,
3: yeah, come back to
1: that. So then we get the phone Mary call.
3: Mary Poppins is a spy for a, for, a, uh, for the Soviets for a, for a different bank <laughs> and tried to commit corporate espionage but failed. So that's why she.
1: Mary left. Poppins is an agent trying to bring down capitalism from the inside. Exactly. Granted, it's about ten years too soon because I don't know when the Russian Revolution was, but I don't think it's before nineteen ten. So the phone call happens, and it's clear that uh, Mister Banks is being fired, and. Um, he goes over and he sort of talks. He's convinced that it's that Poppins woman's fault. And I'm like, yeah, I saw the movie too, buddy. You got that right. But Bert
2: tries to give me <laughs> Mr. Him some... Banks to be
0: excellent at cinema. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> and then uh, Bert kind of gives him the whole, yeah, that Mary Poppins, she's no good. Who does she think she is coming in here and loving them? Like, because that's, that's your job. And you are going, okay. Somehow they've gone to the same negotiating school because they both have the same sort of thing, which is make Mr. Banks feel terrible. Um." Mm.
0: He is a terrible father. Just, just so we know. So he grabs. He's just busy. He's not a
3: terrible no. father.
1: And the children come down. Oh no, down. but
0: he is because even when he's with the children, he's terrible
1: to them. But ch- not at the end. That's the point. That's because Mary's done that. Michael, Michael gets some. Tu- he gives the tuppence, and goes. Hopefully, this will make everything better. And it's like, no, it won't. Oh, there oh, are consequences cute. to your actions.
2: It's really cute. He's a
0: five-year-old child. He's not. Who five. doesn't understand that? Uh,
2: no, he's forty-five. Are, are
1: if only he was are
2: the banks
1: the bank here, is it a secret society or a cult? It certainly isn't a business.
3: You've described the <laughs> bank perfectly.
1: Because they're like they destroy his personal property in some sort of elaborate session. Like they basically tell him on the phone, You're fired, but come in so we can humiliate
3: you.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's his personal property. I think all the things they take off him are bank issued items, like uniform as it were.
1: Uh, Mr. Banks is funny when he talks about the Boston Tea Party. I thought, and they destroy his property. Now, how long is Mary? And then they send him off on his way, and he doesn't make it home. So we're led to believe. How long has Mary Poppins been there for? Three days. Um, well, do they skip bits? Do we think, or are these three I sequential think days? Not. No, I think they're. I well, think how long it's, does the wind so stay true. blowing no, in one direction in this country? One direction. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, you I don't know you're beautiful. I'm
2: pretty sure Mary Poppins is controlling the wind. So. Like, as long as, it, as long as she damn pleases, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then
1: they see, they see, we cut, the wind has changed, the children are crying. And she goes, You know, I'm worried about father. And they're like, no. But Mary Poppins, you won't leave. Don't you love us anymore, Mary Poppins? And she goes, Well, what would happen if I fell in love with all the children I had to say goodbye to? You'd be human?
0: No, that's very, it's very much a defence mechanism at that point because we see she does very yeah, much love them is. and is sad to leave. It absolutely. She is, is a sociopath.
1: Don't
2: you throw your no! arms up in the air? I and also, air. you missed the part that we said we were going to come back to. Which when, is what? When Mr. Oh, Dawson right. Sr. starts laughing and floats.
1: So as he's leaving, we get a retelling of a joke that was told originally. It's a joke that keeps popping up. It was first brought up in the Uncle Albert scene, then gets brought up from Michael to Mr. Banks and now gets said from Mr. Banks to... Old Dick Van Dyke. And it was the idea about, uh, I met a man with a wooden leg named Smith, and I said to him, what's the name of his other leg? And the old guy finally gets it and starts laughing, and he flies up to the ceiling, and uh, his son, who's also like 70, is like, Daddy, Daddy, which is the funny part, because he still calls his father Daddy. And we cut there, and... Then we find out that um, the policeman's coming over because he's looking for Mr. Banks, the same policeman we've seen throughout the film. And um, as it's going on, up comes Mr. Banks. Apparently he was in the cellar putting three pieces of tape on a kite.
3: All night. My favorite line happens here, which is when Mrs. Banks finds him and says, Oh, George, you did jump in the river. How sensible of you. Yes. That's my favorite line in the entire thing. <laughs> you definitely
2: thing. wouldn't get that in a film nowadays. I
1: do have written down a suicide joke in Mary Poppins. Wasn't expecting that. <laughs> my fun of favorite ones is that it goes, yes, Mr. Banks is here. Yes, no, no, no. He's alive. And then I guess the, on the end of a the line, they must go like, are you sure? And he goes, am I sure? Well, he's kissing his missus. And I'm like, that's kind of cute. <laughs> and at which point, like Father who you think is dead has shown up and the children are just like, Mary, don't you, lo- you will promise to say goodbye. And she goes, go downstairs. And I'm just like, wow! You are heartless.
0: No, she's not. She's not heartless. It's not an
1: either either. Dis- so Georgia, it's not an either either. She can both say goodbye to the children and get this in the right situation. All she has to do is say, "I love you very much." Now, please go downstairs.
0: But she she doesn't do that though because she I know, know I saw the movie coming back or when she's going she can't have that much of an effect on the children the idea is that they love their parents not her but you're exactly. acting
1: like this so the fact that she didn't say that she loves them takes that away.
0: It can do, yeah, no. because if they feel like they they have to have Mary Poppins and not their father. No, the whole point is that she helps to replace them.
1: I am holding up a container which is used to hold a beverage. It has a finite amount of milliliters that can fill into it four hundred and forty milliliters. I can put that into as many different containers as I want, but I'm always only going to have four hundred and forty milliliters like that. Human love does not work this way. <laughs> you can love people. She's lots.
0: not a human.
1: You're right. I believe you in that. She's subhuman. <laughs> sociopath.
0: You're a sociopath. No, you don't understand the she's love. Drunk the
1: she she's drunk in the gutter. She's drunk in the gutter. Someone's going, come on, Mary, move along. I'm not saying goodbye to you. <laughs> step in time. She can't step in time. She's staggering. Um, <laughs> so when they all decide, they're all going to go and they're going to fly a kite. Okay. I have this written down now, because this is like the eighth time in this film that people have been standing in the house, and their only purpose in that foyer is that other people can dance around them.
2: And to catch the falling ornaments.
1: Yes, well, that's who. And I like flying a kite. I'll give her that.
2: It's such a lovely, warm song. I really liked
1: it. And then we find out that Mary's umbrella... Would also be excellent at Cinema Sins. And kinda of says, Well, that's gratitude for you. And Mary's being very gracious here and saying, No, this is right, it's the way it should be. Oh, I'm such a martyr, blah, blah, blah. At which that's, point he speaks that's his what mind. It is. And she that's silences absolutely what it is. She silences her indentured, living, sentient umbrella, who if is if we're lucky, gets to show up and say something every, you know, six months or whatever it is. And closes the um hang on. Now, and this kind of is where we end the film. Just
2: before that, the bankers are all flying their kites. Yeah, I was about to well. say,
1: the bankers are flying their kites and they find out that, that uh, the, the old guy has died from laughing. and He killed him. Apparently, Mr. Banks must be the only other person who's available in the world of finance. Because yeah, only he doesn't say he requested that you come and take his place. It was opened up a spot for a partner. Eddie he just goes, oh, okay, thank you, thank you very much. So, if there's a nanny job, thirty five of them show up, but there's only one banker in all of London, and it's Mister Banks.
0: Well, it's because they're, they're, he's the only person that has been able to make Mister Dawes Senior happy. That's the whole point of that. He went out happy, and he'd never seen him happier ever.
1: It's because his surname so is of Banks. going to give it to him. It's because his surname is Banks, and he gave him Michael Stappins
2: it's cuz he's the person that's the only person that's senior enough to know what he's doing in the role of partner so anyway um
1: and so where do we leave things and it's it's um mr banks appears to be a better father mm-hmm. uh, after having one moment of clarity um i don't know if mrs banks is a better mother i think her character for the most part she's is a left
2: terrible mother
1: she's a terrible mother she's a terrible suffragette and she gives up her sash, her cause, to be a tail on a kite. Is that symbolic that she's? Okay, basically, the story is: is she now going to be? A st- is she going to be more involved in her children's lives because she doesn't really have anything besides? This is the only token we can take. Is this anything more than just an ornament? I don't
0: think. So. No, I think she's now being more of a mother than what she has been. Now, um, I don't think they then go on to hire another nanny because they don't need one anymore because they're able to look after their own children.
1: Well, we didn't mention that Mary Poppins flies away and the only person to notice she's leaving is Bert. And Bert does say, goodbye, Mary Poppins. Don't stay away for so long. Yeah. So, Which is a nice touch. I like that Bert gets the last line. Um, what is the message of of Mary Poppins? Is it that all of her aspirations should bow to the idea of family and parenthood? No,
0: um, but your family shouldn't be negatively affected by your other aspirations which they absolutely are but in the banks family household at the beginning those children get no attention love affection from their parents because they're too wrapped up in what they're already doing
1: yes i agree with that Uh, does this play to the idea of it every i i don't like the idea that it's wrong to have aspirations outside of family even if you have children I don't like that idea. I think, I I think you can totally balance thing. the two. I don't know if the film—it's it's a kids' film. It's a kids' film. I totally get that.
0: It's a kids' film from the '60s, set in 1910s, based on a book that was written in the, like, for the '30s. I would completely agree with you. I don't think the story's perfect. I don't think the ending's perfect in any by any um, means. I think there's elements of it that aren't right for today's society at all. Um, like the fact that mum now becomes or appears to now become a stay-at-home mum and that kind of thing. Um, And that should be her role and her place. And dad goes to work and earns the living and that kind of thing. And obviously that was the stereotype when the film oh, it? came out, so, when, yeah. it's set, I mean, when it's set,
1: when it's, it's it, they're definitely a family of means. They're definitely middle it's, class. It's dated,
2: definitely,
1: yeah. I mean, in the 1910, she's not going to have a Mrs. Banks isn't going to go have a job. That's not realistic. No. I mean, they had they have servants for crying out loud. No,
2: she's not even got the right to yeah. vote yet.
1: Has she? No. She can't go in. And- well, you know, you have the right to vote to go have a job. You could you could well. do that, but you'd be that would be for people who had much lower means. Yeah. Um, we all know someone like Bert, don't we? Every every few days, he's got like a new gig or something they're totally excited about. Uh, Both as a positive and a negative, I think. People who have too many too many fingers and too many pies, or can't stick with one thing, or don't do anything like that. Um,
3: I don't know one, but does that make me the bird? It might be. It might be. (laughs) Oh
1: god. Um, whose story? I ask this a lot, but whose story is it? Because it's not Mary Poppins' story.
0: No, because this is one of many that she does. It's the Banks family story.
1: I is it just I a, is, it, is it is it a unit is, is is that how it
3: works? I would say I think it's George's story.
1: Yeah. I'd be most inclined to lean and say that it's it's George's story, yeah. <laughs> Not yours, George, George Banks.
2: I <laughs> know. No, I'm just laughing at the <laughs> laughing at
0: the what it sounds like. No, yeah, I think it's a unit. I think the it's George's story. <laughs> it is it is my story as well. I am actually in fact Mary Poppins. Uh, that's why I know all the answers. Okay.
1: Why is this film so popular? Because the of the
0: music and the yeah. performances yeah, and the costumes right. and the way it's put together and all of the little elements because coming together it. to make a masterpiece.
1: Yeah yeah. Uh, if we had to maybe it's the music, yeah.
3: Um,
1: has anybody ever seen the stage show? No.
3: No? I no. was going to last year, but I never got around to that. Surprisingly, like
1: I'd be very good though. I'd be really up for it because I'd love to see how some of these things would, would uh mm. do in one in like, in like a live take. Like, how could you replicate this on stage?
2: I think it would be magical. I, like yeah. the rooftops and the, the different like layers of London. I think would be really, really interesting visually.
1: Okay, let's go on the table. I feel this would be pretty easy to figure out the first one. Favourite character?
2: <laughs> Am I first? Yep. I mean, <laughs> I've got an honourable mention written down for my favourite character, which I touched on earlier and you just ignored her for the entire film. I really like Ellen the Maid. I think she's got such a characteristic uh, expressive comic face and she's just got such all these lovely little moments that you just kind of gloss over. But I I appreciated every one when I was watching the film.
1: I was trying to keep the podcast under two hours, but we might get there. We might. Our favorite. Do you you want to name a main character? I'm assuming it's.
2: Um, I, I quite liked, you know, Mary and Bert. I mean, I mean, Mary Poppins, yeah.
1: Okay, Georgia. Uh, let's let's do that. One one minor and one major character each.
0: Uh, so, minor character would be uh, Uncle Albert. I think he's yeah, great. I think the he's little good. bit he gets is wonderful. <laughs> it's it's um, definitely like a show
1: stealing kind of ten minutes he gets. It is, yeah. it is
0: brilliant. Yeah. Um. And there's so many levels within that performance as well. Despite despite the fact that he is like laughing his head off, there is some nuance to it, which I think is great as well. Um. But also, um, main character would be Bert.
1: I think oh, really? it's okay. incredible throughout.
3: Yeah. That's interesting, yeah. Uh Ethan. Uh favorite like minor character is the policeman because everything <laughs> about it he just he's the worst at his job, it's just oh. so funny. I don't think I he's mean, he, the worst at his no, job. He's he's just, great. He, the best way is he reminds me of Boise from Only Fools and Horses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has he has that energy. Oh yeah, that, that, that British
1: thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, favorite major character I'm torn between either Burt or Mrs. Banks I'm going to go Mrs. Banks Just because it's different But some of my favorite lines From, from this film is, is from Mrs. Banks And I think she's just so She's so Like s- Like Sympathetically Clueless And All her lines are just So funny
1: Okay um, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the coppers By here at Minor character I think I think um, The idea that he just hangs out in the house and like talks on the phone forever and keeps the conversation going. I think it speaks to a time or maybe an idealized time when like the, the local police officer was an extension of the neighborhood and of the family to yeah. a degree. And, and I think he brings a wonderful, and again, I believe for many ways he is our representative in that world. He's someone outside of the magical characters and outside of the Bankses and is just kind of that guy who gets to watch and comment. Um, my main character is Bert uh, or at least maybe say my best performance okay. is, is, is Dick Van Dyke. I thought he was, uh, we've only seen two live actions, but I will say I'm going to have a hard time. imagining imagine someone's going to beat him in the rest of the live actions we see for a while. There's one person in one movie I can think of who's up there. I won't say who it is, but should we come across it? Maybe that one, but this was so It'll well done. be
2: interesting to see how you compare him to Lin-Manuel Miranda in the Mary Poppins return.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it will be. Um, best, oh, favorite song. Let's go the other way around the table. Ethan, favorite song?
3: Oh, it's Step in Time, without a doubt. Step in Time is the one that, in all of my Disney playlists, I've always kept it on. Like, it's it's just, it's so catchy. And yeah, uh, I'm blanking on it. Uh, Super Califragilisticexpialidocious is fun, but Step in Time is just so much more energetic and the, the, just the, The the routine itself is amazing. Yeah. Georgia?
2: That's really
0: really difficult for me to answer. That's why we're having Um, the conversation. I really appreciate some of the ones that kind of get overlooked a little bit. Um, Stay Awake, I think, is a wonderful song, um, as is Feed the Birds. Um, The two kind of slower numbers, I think, don't get the recognition maybe that they deserve over the more high paced ones so yeah no i'm gonna go stay awake i think that's my favorite song
2: okay um i really like all of the songs actually um either let's go fly a kite or Ooh, Spoonful yeah. of sugar maybe okay probably let's go fly a kite okay uh
1: i am going to go with um i'm gonna cheat a little bit because ethan i kind of had a tie and ethan named one so i'm with go the other one which no one's mentioned yet which is the banker song Tuppence. <laughs> it's so really? like, it's like you can like one. feel, the, oh, it's so, yeah. to be specific, in the, <laughs> in be be it the, it's, it's, it's so builds and it's, it's great in the sense that it's, they're all unified. They're all of one account. I think if you want to believe in a world where Mr. Banks is about rules and structures and all this thing, you see that his viewpoint is not alone. He's represented by a chorus of male voices who control that and the rigidity of male parenthood at the cost of what it's doing to the children. Mm. So I think it's that. Um, Favorite favorite bit, favorite scene, favorite anything? This is the bit where you say my best bit was what, Ellie?
2: I think my favorite scene is the let's go fly a kite scene as well when it all comes together at the end and you see the family... Family unit all changed by Mary Coffin's
1: 50. That scene when they're all flying kites is going to be like what the first day, or what I imagine the first day after the quarantine ends will be like, everyone just, let's just go go to the Millennium Green and just, oh, this is great. And you run into everybody you know at that one park. <laughs> Georgia.
0: Um, my favorite bit is the entirety of the chalk scene. So when they're in the chalk land um, from nice, Jolly Holiday yeah. through to Um all of that I think is wonderful. Uh, Honourable mention to the dancing done by both um, Mary Poppins and Bert and the penguins throughout that scene. I think some of that dancing is actually really quite technical. Um, If you slow it down and watch it, that is not easy stuff that they're doing. Um, And also Bert dancing with the penguins is phenomenal. And a bit of a shout out to the animators there because they've animated the dance that Bert is doing, but in a way that penguins would do it. And that's,
1: how do you it's, think they recorded that? Do you think they so did the animation good. first? No, they must have done Bert first and then drawn around him.
0: I should imagine so, they had to have done just, that. It's just so good. And also, just while we're in the animation kind of um, area, there's a little bit where the animation, especially in that chalk scene, is done so well. You like, where there's a scene where they're talking to the animals, and it's layered. So there's the animated background, then there's the live-action layer with the people in, and then over the top of that, there is more animation, which is completely unnecessary. Like, it doesn't need to be there, but it adds such a depth and a layer to the film, which is really, really lovely. And there's even small details. Like, at one point, there's just some leaves in the upper left corner that are on the top layer that you don't even necessarily notice, but it makes the film so much more detailed and just... It's just so wonderful. I think it's those bits and pieces that the animators have put in that just show how much time and effort went into it, and it definitely should be recognized because it's so good.
1: Okay. Ponty?
3: <laughs> uh, oh, God. I, I like that you call me Ponty. <laughs> um, that brought me back to, like, a moment. Uh, I want to say step in time because there's nothing else that really stands out to me other than, like, the obvious ones that everyone said. So I'm going to say step in time because it's always the most memorable bit to me.
1: Yeah, you and I are on the same page on that one. Step in time is mine. Uh, <clears throat> I talk a lot about kind of pacing of films and wanted to have something in reserve so the third act doesn't drag. And, thing. and this uh, step in time is brilliant. It's the perfect thing. And it's the first time that we get taken into Bert's world. Mary Poppins is the conduit for lots of things, but we see kind of Bert with his Bert qualities and, and, and his physicality. And it's like, there's like a, all of a sudden there's like 50 Bert's. On the screen in various ways And the bit where they go and they sort of like Climb on the railing And they act like they're almost falling I remember as a kid the anxiety that gave me And the <laughs> dread that something might happen to Bert Bert was my friend um, A little grumble Is there of a grumble that we haven't talked about my, my little grumble What would it be
0: I do have I spotted one continuity error And okay. for a 2 hour and 20 minute film One to be spotted I think is quite good especially for the film in the 60s um it's when they just before they go up the chimney with bert so michael's hair in that scene is parted Uh, very much one side um and when he's up the chimney it's all just flat down so obviously that's something that's been missed or he's been messing with his hair when they've been filming that kind of thing but it's very much like gelled and parted to one side and then straight down I imagine, the only thing I noticed I imagine
1: being like a script supervisor was a lot harder back in the 60s when you couldn't take like a digital photograph of where everything
2: yeah. was yeah. unless he had it was supposed to be sort of because he got all messed up when he went up the it was too it was too neat in both okay. styles okay. to have been that yeah
1: anybody
3: else a little grumble um, I want to say, n- not the pacing. It's just it, it, it's it is a really long film. It is? And out of those two and a half, out of those two and a half hours, there's only like really four things that you remember. Is there anything you, you would cut? Songs? Oh god, I would. Yes. Oh, if, you, if you're asking me now, uh, well, you just I told cut. me the
1: film was too long, so I'm going to challenge yeah, you to cut I, it.
3: Though. I'd say the horse, the horse, the horse race, because
1: oh, I would agree with you on that actually. Yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, in my notes I wrote it's the equivalent of the Canto bite scene in the last Jedi it goes on for so long and it does it doesn't need yeah, it to does. it's just it's just there to get to supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Yeah there
1: could have been an easier way to get to supercalifragilistic absolutely yeah. mm-hmm. no, I, I would agree with you on that George you want as the defender no, of the I film would,
0: Yeah no just a little bit because um I think not I think some of that is a display of um artistic measure um the horses the merry-go-round horses going up and down and leaving a trail in the dirt where they go is gorgeous um i think the horse race if you don't have that there i think jolly holiday and doses are too close together um and you'd then probably complain that Mm. there wasn't enough time between these two big songs um but no i mean it is a little bit convoluted it isn't hugely necessary but if you remember that mary says earlier on that uh slow down we are not on a race course and then lo and behold <laughs> they appear on a race course yeah, i think that's I mean, really can... nice and ties it in quite nicely
1: yeah and the question would go then do you have to cut one of those two songs and the answer is probably yes And i don't, I don't want to imagine mary you poppins for one no, of those yeah. two's cut mm-hmm. so yeah fair share. definitely not you know what i'm cutting one of them i'm cutting super i'm not cutting yeah. jo- jolly holiday which as a kid i would not have said that i would have way around i don't think i really got jolly holiday as a kid i really liked it as an adult so i will say I that think,
0: i think in the stage show supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is a much bigger song than oh, it, it would is be in
1: yeah
0: film. um it's a lot longer it's a big dance number as well so i think there is necessarily i think there is a bigger gap between yeah. well, them I'm that's going sure to be your spectacle
1: song started. that's going to be your like oh, be our ge- that's going to be like yeah. be our guest or that big song yeah. that like everybody's involved in uh ellie something you would uh tweak
2: <laughs> yeah um so i appreciate why it has to be in the film but um So I think George and I have had very similar views on a lot of this film, but I'm really sorry, but my least favourite bit is Uncle Albert and all of that scene. You could, I think it really mm. drags. I don't think it's apart. Obviously, I appreciate that it has to be in there for the whole. You have to rewrite the final, yeah. But I just didn't think it added anything.
1: I like it.
0: I'm completely okay with that. Opinion, because it is probably the only bit that diverts from the main story, but it gives you a little bit more background
1: into. If you think about it structurally, Mary Poppins is very similar to Sword in the Stone. Stay with me. (laughs) They meet an adult. She's going to come with them and educate them so they know how to live lives going forward. There are then three lessons that they are taught by this person, right? which involved them going into a new place and seeing things from a different perspective. We have the chalk painting, we have up up on the ceiling, and then we go up on the rooftop.
2: Yeah, Yeah. very much so. But, but, but. Then she goes away with her umbrella at the end, and maybe she's been blown to Bermuda. Yeah, maybe.
1: (laughs) Um, You've you've heard... Bermuda. You have heard mine. My, my 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 little niggle is I don't like the way Mary was written. I think, uh, and that's a fundamental thing. I, I, maybe I just don't get Mary Poppins, and that's okay. That's okay if I don't. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, it might it might not be. You, you might be sitting there going, "You don't understand Mary Poppins." You, you might be right. I might not get it, or I might get it and go, "I just reject it."
0: I think that might be. Yeah, no, I
1: think that's because it's one of those two.
0: Because it is it is a very devising character. Yeah to be vain some people see it as a disgusting yeah. character trait whereas others see it as a self-confidence but kind was, of thing and i think I'd it, is, it, is, very, it is very dividing
1: pl travers did not like the representation no. of mary poppins yeah. and i'm not watching this as a kid i didn't know what pl travers viewpoint on mary poppins was yeah. i just knew i didn't like mary poppins knew i liked bert knew i did not like mary poppins i didn't know what it, why it was i think as an adult i was able to sort of articulate it better um, but it was just, not, and that's that. It's just, you know, Outside of that, Julie Andrews is a fantastic job. I'm not yeah, rooting, really I'm not rooting that's... against Mary at any point, but I am just going, why do you have to do that? Okay. Why do you have to win again? It's kind of like Mary Poppins is Disney movie Superman. What can't she do? And what can't she win at?
0: What she can't do and what she can't win at is having her own family, people to love and call her own because she doesn't ever get to do that. And I think that's
1: just like Superman, you mean?
0: Yeah, pretty and much. And it's Fortress
1: of Solitude. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. No, I think there is definitely comparable. Um, you can compare Mary Poppins to Superman. Absolutely. All day. I'd read that essay.
1: Find us another podcast that's making that link. <laughs>
0: would, no, genuinely, if someone out there wants to write some sort of dissertation on the comparability of Superman to Mary Poppins, I would read that any day. I think that's great.
1: So uh, just really quickly, I to the this up earlier. Which song? Because one of the songs from this soundtrack won Best Song at the Oscars. Do you want to guess which one feels most Oscar baity? I'll remind you that um Feed the Birds was Walt's favorite, Supercalifragilistic was the number 36 song of all time in movie musicals according to the AFI.
3: Oh, I'm, So it's probably I'm, neither of those. <laughs> I'm I'm going to say Feed the Birds. So Feed like the birds? that's the most Oscar baity one. Okay. And that is like compared to I Love Step in Time, but Step in Time is not Oscar. Step quite
0: a
2: basic yeah. song, isn't it? It's, it's, it's just the
1: same, same riff, because the yeah, whole point, yeah. you can just put whatever you want into it. Um,
2: yeah. I think I read this yesterday. So. Okay. Georgia? Mm. Spoonful
1: of Sugar? I've never, I've never had a good guess. It's actually not one that we've really mentioned a whole lot. I made a passing reference to it at the start. It's Chim Chimney, Chim Chimini, Chim Chim cheri
0: A gorgeous song. Though. Yeah. yeah. That I,
1: I, I think they're repetitive playfulness of the chim chiminy ginger The lack of lyrics uh disguises a really nice melody actually and mary's, actually
0: mary's verse in that is one of my favorite things to sing ever it's just such a gorgeous melody
1: a, a, just a little bit of kind of looking for i mean monty python might say look on the bright side of life i mean it's a bit of that idea right mm-hmm. That's that, that idea. If you look is for jo- it's Bert. If you look for joy, you will find joy. And maybe look at the other people and go, what are they going through, and how can? Because Bert's whole gimmick, whether it's a chimney sweep, maybe that's a little bit more metaphorical, but or his other artistic visions, it's all about improving and making people's lives better, taking mm. the dirty and cleaning it up, if you will. And that's kind of what we have. And even the, the remedies of what he has left, he cleans that up as well. He compliments people when he's doing the band. He cleans up his paintings when, when when they're done. He's not he's not vain. He even looks at his paintings and goes, well, maybe not National Gallery, but they'll, they're says, they're all right.
0: better than being poked in the eye, I poked think poked is the, in the line, eye. because it's, it's so funny. Which I have again, it written he's down. The perfect, that one got me. He's
1: the perfect foil for Mary Poppins. He is. So just a quick time for a rating. A rating. So whatever crazy, wacky rating scale you want to come up with, I'll let you rack your brains on this one. I'll let you rack your brains. And Ethan, do you want to start us off?
3: I do because I think this is going to be really controversial. I'm 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 saying I'm I'm saying it's a six out of ten. Wow. Okay. I I don't dislike it. I don't love it. It's just it's just not one of those things I'll ever come back to.
1: Okay. Um, I started in this order for a reason. Ellie.
2: <laughs> Okay, um, I didn't really think have time to think of a fancy rating system, so oh. I'll give it eight out of ten codfish.
1: Okay, there we go, eight, eight out of ten. Oh, close you your mouth. mine. Oh, <laughs> hang on, let me
0: think of another one.
1: Okay, I'm gonna let you. I don't do this very often. I'm gonna let you have a last word then on this, because then I'm gonna do mine, which is I'm going to give it. And so I am going to give Mary Poppins seven and a half dead cat jokes out of ten. <laughs> uh, Ethan, six out of ten, huh? Yeah, six you, out of ten. You're feeling a little down in the mouth, are you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that only leaves us with Georgia.
0: See, I was going to give it four and a half open mouth codfishes out of five, but okay. Ellie went with codfish, so I've got to find something else. So using my magical... Um, currency translator i am therefore going to give the film nine tap dancing penguins out of ten
1: hey (laughs) i hope they stepped in time
0: they absolutely did
1: all right and so that is our look back on mary poppins to my sister who i'm i'm hoping to listen to this Jeez, this is all this is the minimum payment i can get for many viewings over the years (laughs) Uh, i hope you have enjoyed it and uh, heck i'd like to hear yours We, we, we we don't, we won't read it out because we're not going to go back and revisit Mary Poppins. <laughs> so I'm curious, what was the same you saw? it? Just uh, fire me a line. That's my own little personal message to my sister all the way back in Canada. Um where there's hockey and maple syrup and go Canucks, eh? Um, Georgia, what are we watching next time on Talking the Mickey?
0: So I was having a think and I wanted to choose one of my favourites and then I got scared off of choosing one of my favourites because I'm worried it will be completely demolished by you guys. Um, and I'm not prepared for that fight after this fight straight no, away. No, have got spoilers, um, so... the
2: next one's not one of your favourites.
0: No, you don't know that it's not one of my favourites. It's just right. not my favourite favourite. Um, so I'm bending the rules a little bit, but hear me out on this. Um, I am going with a film that is its own origin stories and has sparked its own series of films however the main character does feature heavily in in a previous film um, but because it's an origin story and has a series of films attached to it i've decided that it's allowed because it's the first in its own series um, we are oh. watching 2008's tinkerbell
2: oh my god
0: 90
3: percent oh my god 90
0: percent percent on rotten tomatoes that's fine that was not where i was expecting it to go no I,
1: I i had no idea where it was going so okay so, so this obviously doesn't fit into our pixar rankings or our classic rankings it'll be its own standalone kind of thing like, like, kind of like mary poppins was yes
3: yeah oh okay my God, i saw that film 10 years ago as a result I, I think
1: we're fine i don't think we have to watch peter pan before we can do this <laughs> i think tinkerbell in itself is
0: I think Fine. once you watch it as well, you'll understand why it's it yeah. classes its own film.
1: I'm yeah. going to be uh, Ethan. I'm feeling quite uh, apprehensive about this.
0: It is only 70 minutes long. Oh, so I'm feeling less apprehensive
1: about this. That's
0: like half
3: of Mary Poppins.
1: We might actually that, that, that'll be a challenge to keep the podcast underneath the film length. I mean, at least with Mary Poppins, we're good for another I don't know 12 minutes,
3: five minutes. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I have no idea how you react to this. I think. I'm gonna keep this as brief as I can because I wait for the podcast. But this was something that I was on a lot on Disney Cinemagic when I was a kid. So I'm I'm very so you've seen this, yeah. Oh, I'm wow. very sort of not educated or knowledgeable, but I I've I've definitely I've seen the sort of the Tinkerbell trilogy quadrille. I don't know what number it's up to now. There's
0: <laughs> about five of them now. Yeah,
3: I yeah I. Oh my God. I i watched them when it was a trilogy and it was it was it was a movie for a kids i'll, I'll, I'll give it that. i have no idea if it will hold up but i'm interested I, I, to rewatch it i predict
0: I
1: this may end up with my them. lowest ever rating
0: <laughs> see, i watched them whilst babysitting and actually quite liked them um i don't know whether i mean again this is five or six years ago now so i've not watched them since um, did i but see one in
3: cinemas i, I feel like it
0: I'm quite looking forward to going back and watching it because I remember enjoying it. So I guess we'll see if what happens. you
1: paid money, Ethan, to see this. Now, I haven't seen this I yet. I might, I might recant this. But, I mean, yes, technically I will be paying money to see it in the sense that I have purchased a Disney Plus <laughs> subscription, but that's the only way in which I'll probably pay money to see this. But I'm, I'm. regardless, I like it when it's something unexpected. And even the idea is something I might not like that much. That's okay. Um, I, I feel like I just need to... I mean, I gave Mary Poppins a seven and a half because it's it's just a nice little piece of filmmaking, even if I didn't like Mary Poppins a character. But back to characters. And Ellie, what do you got?
2: Um, I've never even heard of this film.
1: Well, you know who Tinkerbell is, I'm guessing.
2: Yeah, but I didn't know she had her own the, It didn't though. go. I don't now, think, were, were actually, were these,
1: I think those were straight to DVD, to cinema, weren't they? I don't
2: think. Sorry?
1: Were, were not all of them straight to DVD? Or like Disney I, Channel exclusives or something?
0: Yeah, I, just I think so. It. I don't think they actually went to cinema.
1: Let's leave was, that...
3: There was one that did, and that was from 2014. Okay. I think I took, might have taken like my, my godbrother to see it or something so when, I was, when, I, when I was younger.
1: So let's leave the rest of that uh, magic, and we can all clap our hands or not, at Tinkerbell, whether we liked it or not. Maybe I, do, maybe I don't believe in fairies after this is over. But that's next time. As for this time, thank you so much for joining us, for Talking the Mickey. My name's Ian. My name's
2: Ellie. I've been Georgia.
3: I've been Ethan.
1: And we hope that you found today's podcast practically perfect in every way. See you next time.